0: the virtual hardwood it's the nlsc podcast episode number 355 merry christmas and season's greetings basketball gamers we are just past christmas hope you are enjoying the holiday season i am andrew with you as always i am andrew in the forum very creatively named slightly more creatively named andrew nlsc on twitter my co-host is derek he is d three in the forum and d384 on twitter uh merry christmas derek Oh, Merry
1: Christmas! Uh, D for three is definitely more creative than Andrew. Sorry. It is.
0: It is. Um,
1: did you add to your uh, gaming collection this holiday season?
0: Uh no, no, I didn't. I, um, I, well, I, I may do because you uh, very kindly sent me a, uh, a gift on Steam. So I, I may uh, pick up something in the sales. But as as of yet, I haven't uh, haven't expanded the collection any further except for what I'm waiting for, uh, for that uh, extra version of Tecmo Super NBA Basketball coming from uh, from France actually. Uh, but uh, I, I know you actually added to your collection or added to your your console collection over the holidays. No, oh,
1: no, I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to add to your collection considering how much you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Right now. Uh,
1: which I, I still want a new posting from you that you know details everything in your collection because you've added so much, like in 20, in 2020. So I'm curious to see that. I may I may post a picture of my collection as well. I was thinking about posting it on that thread that's in that section on the NLSC. Uh, so yeah, uh, I received this Christmas, I received a original Xbox system with two controllers and NBA inside drive 2003 and, uh, NBA Le- inside drive 2003 got so much play with, um, my friend Craig growing up, um, you know, we we played a lot of basketball in real life and a lot of, you know, virtual hoops and whatnot. And that game just got so much play. I used to go over to his house and we used to play it all the time. And it's kind of a forgotten gem in the basketball gaming space uh, made by Microsoft and whatnot. And like somebody commented on the post, uh, I think it was Gilbert Grape, I can't remember who it was, you know, it's too bad they didn't continue with that series um, because those were really well-rounded basketball games.
0: I remember talking about that with... Uh, Corey Andrus and Mark Price. Uh, Corey is now with uh, 2K and uh, and Mark is a, a developer on NBA Live, last I last I heard. But uh, when we were at the community event for Live 16 back in 2015, we were talking about it on their, their podcast they had at the time. Um, was it was the post-game podcast? Uh, we were talking about the Inside Drive series and how uh, Microsoft ended up partnering with EA at the time and kind of put an end to the Inside Drive series, which was, as you say, a shame because they were quite well-received, uh, i have inside drive 2002 the one with vince carter on the cover and uh, i got it for five dollars off ebay because i i did see that it was supposedly compatible with 360 my xbox 360 but i've i've never been able to get it to run it always says that it's not a compatible uh disc so i'll, I'll probably have to it's if i can ever get my hands on an original xbox system to to play that that'll be nice uh but uh yeah it was it was a five dollar game so off ebay so i thought okay i'll I'll have a go and see and see if it works, but it doesn't, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I, the only Inside Drive I've played is uh, is two thousand on PC, and, and that is kind of ordinary. But once it went to the Xbox, uh, yeah, those games, as you said, very well received.
1: Yeah, the, the one that I have, the Inside Drive two thousand three, has Paul Pierce on the cover. That's the one, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just a well rounded basketball game, as far as especially for the time, like the control. The feel of the players, um, some signature dunks that are in there, uh, the graphics, all of that stuff—it just doesn't really have a lot of weaknesses. And uh, we really enjoyed it. We got really deep into a season using the Celtics, actually, at the time around 2003 when we had it, or 2004 and whatnot. So, yeah, it's cool. And then I and I got my—I uh, was able to, like I told you before the call, I was able to get my hands on a PlayStation Five disc version um, for my brother. Because he wants the uh, the new Final Fantasy sixteen and the new Horizon Zero Dawn that's coming out next year, and uh, I told you about the uh, kind of sketchy way that I ended up having to get the PlayStation Five. Not sketchy on my part, but just you know how <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: hard. And I'll tell the listeners it be as, it was interesting. Um, and I find it I find um, just the way people have to get these systems right now. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to go through strange means. So somebody posted on craigslist that they had an unopened playstation 5 that they had ordered two they ordered one off of gamestop um, and one off of walmart and the gamestop one had come in early and they didn't need it so they were selling it and so i drove and met them in a central location 20 minutes away from me 20 minutes away from uh 20 minutes away from me 21 minutes away from him and he texted me and asked me what i'm driving now remember i live in new hampshire um he texts me and asks me about um, what I'm driving. I tell him, and he goes, well, I, I'm driving a blue Escalade with California plates. So immediate red flag. Seems you know, why, <laughs> <I knew him. laughs> why is this guy in New Hampshire? Why is he driving a blue Escalade with California plates, and why does he have a California phone number? It's a 510 area code. He goes, don't worry. I'm, I'm legit. I just moved back here two days ago, and then he sent me a screenshot of the system in his car. Which was also sketchy to me. Like, why do you why are you sending that to me if you're, you know? I was ready for the worst. But anyway, so we end up getting there, meeting in a Walmart parking lot in a public place, and he gets out and he's wearing sweatpants and whatnot, and he has this PlayStation Five with him, and you know, it's sealed. He sends me the GameStop receipt, so I know it's legit. The GameStop receipt has his address on it and his name, so obviously he's not a scammer. Um, you know, I give him the money, and there they get a PlayStation 5. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I got it at a good price, and I'm glad I, ha- I got it, and my brother was super ecstatic to get it. But, yeah, th- those are the type of things that we got to do to get these systems.
0: Uh, it's been so. a crazy launch, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a Christmas miracle. It worked out all for the best. I think any time that, that happens and you walk away and you've still got all your organs, I think it's a good day. I think it's, I think it's gone well. Yeah.
1: I mean, if he had said California plates, I you know, I would, but when he said Blue Escalade, like what do you think of? You think of those movies where somebody pl- pulls up in like an unmarked Escalade or whatever in like the desert or something like that, <laughs> meet you in like a location like that, and like do you end Breaking up they bad jump out of just... the car, kidnap <laughs> you, or like break your legs or something, right? Hmm. So like, um, I like I said, I am glad I got my hands on it, and now I have the Series X for me, PlayStation Five for him. We don't have to worry about getting the, you know any more consoles for a long time so happy about that
0: all worked out like i say a christmas miracle it's uh and yeah trying to get your hands on one i, I saw uh, i believe our our friend uh obi-wan watson dre on uh, on twitter i, I also saw, saw him get a uh, ps5 as well so yeah they, they've been tough to come by obviously but uh there has been some luck in the community
1: yeah exactly um i did overpay a little bit though i will admit it we talked about that. We, you know, you're gonna if you're gonna buy it that way, you're gonna have to spend a little bit more than the five hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, oh, I also got uh, I also got two. So every every year we get each other jerseys so of certain players and whatnot. And one of my brothers got me the number eight Kobe Bryant white jersey from like oh five oh six. Um, so the white home jersey, like authentic. <clears throat>
0: nice. Me. Yeah.
1: My brother my my brother Mark got me number twenty four, Kobe Bryant jersey, yellow um yellow home jersey so yeah i thought that was kind of cool
0: absolutely and uh yeah so pretty good haul for christmas I, I suppose and uh yeah it's it's been a relaxing couple of days with the uh with the family and yeah hope everyone's having a good time and staying safe during the holiday season but uh yeah it's the last show of the year derek and we uh as we promised we're going to be doing our big mailbag this week
1: yeah this is super exciting because we had a lot of leftover questions um and we definitely wanted to get to um, we wanted to get to all of those. I think that um, it's been a gr- it's been a great year. You know, I was talking to you about this off air a little bit, and the fact that we were able to keep a consistent show going every single week, um, and, and listeners kept tuning in, and they kept interacting, and everything just makes it all worth it. And um, you know, we hope to you know in the new year to keep up that same that's inconsistency
0: we definitely do it's been nice to get a bit more of uh interaction lately Uh, i know it's always it's it's tough to get the mailbag started because i remember we tried it back in the day and you always get a few suggestions a few topic suggestions or questions Uh, sometimes they're a bit vague sometimes uh things that you talked about before so talk about talk about the news this week well that's kind of what we do already you don't need to suggest that that is something we are already going to do but uh i'm not that we you know to, to throw that back in people's faces of course because it's uh you know, that's, that's obviously they want to hear us talk about it. And that's the main thing that people are enjoying the show and tuning in, as we always say, that is, uh, makes us feel very good that people are listening and, and making those kind comments and, and taking the interest. But, uh, yeah, certainly so to get some of the suggestions we have for the mailbag this year and looking at the ones we've got to do uh, to end the year on with this jumbo mailbag is, uh, is really cool. So absolutely keep it coming in the new year because, uh, it, it is a, a segment that we really enjoy doing. It means we're talking about stuff that you want to hear about and and it interests us as well so yeah we, yeah we love it and we, we do love that it's picking up and that people are taking that interest so once again i mean we we thank them so much did we not derek absolutely and uh like i said keep the questions coming because the mail <coughs> because the mailbag isn't
1: going away so
0: that's right so with that in mind we're actually going to start off with a topic that was suggested a few weeks back by lady culture lady culture in the forum long time member and a modder in the forum as well and, uh, and she suggested uh, ranking games from the eighth generation, that is uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One of the NBA 2K series. And now that we are the new generation, it seems like a pretty good idea to look back at last gen. What is current gen, last gen, what prior gen, whatever you want to call it now, and uh, and rank the games because it was a bit of an up and down generation. Some games better than others. It started out with 2K14, obviously, run through to 2K21. Uh, who knows how much longer it's going to run on that platform. We We talked about that, I believe, last week. We touched on it again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty good uh, place to start, and we wanted to save it for the last show of the year, Derek. So, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, we didn't talk about this before we started recording, but uh, uh, worst to best, best to worst, uh, yeah, we, we, whether we uh, do it uh, differently, um, what what would you like to do?
1: Well, first off, yeah, so people understand we didn't go over any of this before the show, um, so this is I have no idea what Andrew's going to say. I have an idea of where you might rank a couple of the games and um what might be your number one but I have no idea where you're going to go 2, with this so we 18
0: could be wildly... 2K18 is obviously the best <laughs> yeah, in the
1: generation yeah, right. so. Oh yeah, totally for both of us. Um no, I think I think what would be good is um I'll Why don't we do this? Uh I'll name my top 4, you can name your top 4 and then we can end it, and then we can round out the worst.
0: Okay. Top four, yeah.
1: Okay, right. perfect. So for me, number one is Two K Seventeen. Big surprise. Um, and I think the reason is is because it was the last game with the old motion system, so it was completely flushed out. It was um, it was basically the peak of that motion system, which I overall really enjoyed. I think that um, it fixed some gameplay issues that I had with Two K Sixteen with some of the player with um, some of the player movement and whatnot um while the defense isn't as good in that game i think the feel overrides that uh, and, and i enjoy the feel of the game it it also has an aesthetic appeal it has like a, a good graphical appeal to me as well and the modding that i did on that game was um by far the most i've done on any video game since i got back into modding um but because we're rate ranking these games at face value we're not talking about mods we're talking about the games themselves, I would say that 2K17 is number one. Uh, I'd say 2K16 is number two, actually, especially you know the more we got into it again recently and tweaking sliders and whatnot. I think that 2K16 is also considered one of the best basketball games ever made. If you look at people's commentary on social media as well, I just think the gameplay was so well-rounded. The defense is probably one of the best in the entire NBA 2K <laughs> series um the graphics improved as far as over 2k15 with the lighting and whatnot it has a really nice look to it uh i love all you know the gameplay modes the my league customization that was added you know all the classic teams that were added all of that stuff um i think 2k16 would probably be second um this might surprise people, um, but because gameplay is so important and paramount to me, I actually think I put 2K15 over 2K14, um, even though they went dark with the arenas and graphically it's not as um, sharp and whatnot. Um, I loved my team um, on NBA 2K15. Uh, I loved the, uh, the feel of the players, the wide crossovers, um, the signature play if you remember correctly, uh, 2K14 didn't even have size-ups. Yeah. Um, It didn't didn't even have Um, size-ups. 2K14 was also incredibly bare-bones with their modes. It didn't have the same content. You could only have one custom roster, all of that stuff. So if you look at 2K15 as an overall product, I think the gameplay was slightly better. Uh, I think that the authenticity was slightly better. I think that... The customization was better. You could save more seasons, save more rosters, all of that stuff. It had more bells and whistles, et cetera. So I go with 2K15 as third. And then 2K14, I would say, is fourth. Um, Look at the graphics. Look at the lighting. Um, The gameplay was still very sharp and fun. Um, It's bare-bones modes. Not being able to use multiple teams in season mode was a killer for me. Um, It just wasn't deep enough in my opinion. Um, it was kind of a rush job outside of how it looked. Um, and then again, we've talked about this before. The gameplay was almost identical to what you got like on 2k 14 for PS3 and PC and whatnot. So, um, but if you notice the trend there with me, before I throw it over to you, um, (laughs) the trend is my top four games are all on the old motion system. Hmm. So, um, and I, i'm guessing that yours is going to be a little bit similar with the exception of, i'm I'm guessing that 2k20 might make it into your um top four so what about you
0: that's that's a very good guess actually uh my my top game like you is 2k17 uh as you say the the motion system is preferable to what we had before just a, a really fun game all around uh great content had the, the dream team the last time we had the dream team in there the last time that of charles barkley's uh Uh, unusual cameos in the game considering his general uh, aversion to appearing in the games for understandable reasons quite frankly Uh, 2k17 i played a whole uh, season of my career played it all the way through Uh, the story was the best we had at the time Uh, it's still a contender for the best story written by the uh, the name has escaped me now but written by the same person who uh, who wrote uh, creed the movie and of course had michael b jordan uh, starring as justice young yeah, I played a whole season of that. Played into the second season. Played uh, 500 games of Pro Am with the NLSC squad, NLC Thrill Ho. Uh, really enjoying that throughout the year, despite some of the ups and downs with the uh, <laughs> with the patches causing a few different problems here and, and here and there. Um, yeah, j- just uh, an all around great game that I spent hours with. Number two is going to surprise you uh, because it's a new motion system game, but 2K19 i love 2k19 despite some of its issues with the motion system Uh, i played the hell out of that game i i played two whole seasons of my career i got to the hall of fame for the first time in my career that was something i wanted wanted to do for for ages managed to get to the hall of fame after two seasons really pushing it in the second year and (laughs) destroying the league uh played a bit of my team as well love what they did with the my team cards that year uh the the auction house hadn't gone completely crazy yet, so it was you were still able to get some Galaxy Opal cards, some pretty decent cards by the end of the year, the way the market worked. It's just, at 2K20 and 2K21, have just been ridiculous in that respect. So I really did like 2K19. I felt it was such a step up from 2K18 as well. I think that's also why I love 2K19, because 2K18 left such a bad taste in my mouth that 2K19 was actually refreshing, I thought, Derek. Quite refreshing after you know 2K18 was so bad.
1: Well, I got to be honest with you, you know, before you go to your next two, um, 2K19, I was wrestling with myself with that um, as far as putting it in my top four. Um, and I'll explain after you're done with your next two, I'll explain why 2K19 didn't crack my top four, um, but why it is my favorite of the newest. Um, kind of like you, you know, it's, it's your favorite of the new motion system, too. Mm. Um, I'll explain why it is my favorite of the new motion system.
0: Number three, I've got two K sixteen for pretty much the same reasons that you mentioned. It was also the year I got into two K pro am. I, I think that was one of the best versions of two K pro am because it was the first time they did it. They introduced some things the following year that that were better as far as stats tracking and so forth. But at the same time, the customization was locked, and it was it was starting to trend towards that elitist idea of having to unlock things, and that if you're not an elite team, you can't get all the. Uh, the customization features unfortunately the problem with 2K16 having all the customization features and custom logo uploading features for 2K Pro AM was that people were just abusing it and putting uh, all kinds of disturb well not could not disturbing imagery as such because there was a content filter that was pretty decent, but it would miss a few things. Nothing too bad, but there were there were creepy pictures of Rachel, the former Rachel Demeter, the former two uh, k TV host. It, yeah. So yeah, yeah. the community kind of ruined it for itself, unfortunately, on that one. But uh, good mechanics all around. Um, you know what? The, the story had its problems. There was the, the Spike Lee joint "Living the Dream," which had its problems because it was uh, such a pigeonholed character, and you had to get through that first season. You only got to play eight nba games in your know, rookie season they they kind of sacrificed the gameplay experience for the story so that was a problem but apart from that the game itself uh, a lot a lot of fun and for my fourth spot it's i i'm kind of going back and forth between 2k15 and 2k20 and that sounds crazy but i did enjoy 2k20 i was playing 2k20 up until 2k21 released and i, I even managed to go into the wreck the by myself a fair amount and had up and down experiences as as i've said before but 2k20 uh, i think 2k15 is the superior game or the superior motion system and and mechanically better but 2k20 i played a lot more of so on a personal level 2k20 ranks above it but on a more objective level i would say 2k15 is the better game so that's why they're kind of fourth and fifth interchangeably for me if that makes sense
1: well i think life changes too though um like if you were, at, let's say, two K fifteen was thrown into the time you were playing two K twenty, you may have been playing two K fifteen a lot more.
0: I, I right? was because I, I was I was I was splitting my time between two K fifteen and live fifteen and trying to play them both. So whereas two K twenty was unopposed, so yeah, that that makes a lot of sense actually. Right,
1: and and I think um, like two K fifteen for me because modding, um, I, I played almost exclusively my team on that game. Um, and I played actually 2K20 more, even though I don't like 2K20 as much as 2K15. And that was because the time in my life, the fact that you could mod 2K20 more, and I had all of those mods that I could use and whatnot. But if I looked at the game as a whole, as like you would say, stated like the gameplay um, and combined with the death, all of that stuff, I still would take 2K15 mm. over 2K20. So it is interesting to to kind of look at that way, because it's almost like you have to try to look at the game without mods as a whole and factor in you know and not factor in you know how much time you played it which is kind of weird
0: there's uh, kind of like a personal ranking and an objective ranking that you could do and and it's always hard to put aside the personal bias because you know people talk about making unbiased or giving unbiased reviews and i mean you almost can't do it because by definition you're giving your opinion of a game and there is going to be some personal bias it's how much you can let your personal bias put it aside to make some objective observations about the game, um, whether you can give credit to a company. If you don't like the company, but you like the game, You know, do you say, oh, it's an EA game, so I'm, region- I'm just, by, by you know, out of principle, going to th- give it a low score? I think that happens with some of the NBA Live games over the years that have been better. Um, 2K15 also, coming on the heels of 2K14, which wasn't a terrible game but certainly as you said bare bones much the same way that 2k19 came on the heels of 2k18 when it feels like such an improvement on the year before which is what we want to see i think that sometimes factors into our ranking as well it, or it certainly makes a game feel a lot better because you remember those positive memories you had of thinking oh this is so much better than last year this is improved in the way i wanted it to see so this is nice this is good so even even though it has its flaws as they all do all games have flaws remember <laughs> but uh, 2k15 was such a jump on 2k14 improved in all the ways that i think it needed to be improved uh, at least from a gameplay and modes standpoint and and features uh, i think that's why 2k15 ranks up there and like i say i've kind of got it interchangeably with 2k20 in that four and five spot
1: right I, i'll just say this it was hard for me to put 2k15 over 2k14 because you know i like 2k14 mm. like we've talked about before um but i'm also realistic about how empty Two k fourteen felt content wise
0: that did, was yeah. the biggest problem
1: yeah. it was just so empty and I mean not even having multi user seasons and that broke it for my brothers and i we couldn't even start seasons or do drafts together and use different teams and stuff like that, like it killed two k fourteen for us so the the main reason why it's even in my top four is because it is the old motion system, and when you put it on going up and down the floor um, executing moves and going into the post and doing fadeaways and playing defense and all that stuff it's still Good basketball and that's why it's in my top four um so bottom four um i appreciated 2k19 even more after 2k20 and 2k21 were released i appreciated 2k19 uh, more than 2k18 by quite a bit and like you said 2k19 almost felt like a whole new game and better after because of how disappointing 2k18 was Uh, So 2K19 is number five on my list. Um, Almost jumped 2K14. But the reason why it didn't is because it is still that new motion system. Changing directions, like just trying to change a direction or making a quick cut, feels incredibly sluggish and strange and odd and not like real human movement. Um, There's still excessive sliding in comparison to the last motion system. Um, And there's kind of that sucked in and, like, animations at the hoop where you miss layups over and over again um that's still in 2k19 um so the reason why it is a positive for me though overall and why it falls number five on the list is because the defense is probably the best in the series i would say the defense might be the defense on nba 2k19 might be the best on the on last gen uh, the defenders get out there and close out the way they should. The comp- Playing against the computer is a challenge. You can't always just go wide and score. You can't just ISO on the wing and go to the hoop and score and whatnot. You actually feel like on 2K19 that you have to play basketball. So uh, that's its biggest advantage. And then obviously, what you know, we've talked about it before, depth-wise, nothing wrong with 2K19's depth. Uh, they have all the, you know, the, those custom options in my league. They have the multiple saves. They have the, you know the the roster saves, all of that stuff. Um, so I would say two K nineteen is fifth and could possibly go up the more I play it. Um This was tough because I absolutely hate the running on NBA two K twenty and two K twenty one. The whole hunched over, you know, you know, knuckles almost dragging on the ground running. It looks absolutely foolish. The skating is still, we've talked about this before, pretty bad in two K twenty and two K twenty one and even worse in 2k21 um there's that gravity feeling in 2k20 and 2k21 where you're constantly feel like you're being sucked into defenders the defense is absolutely woeful um etc just like 2k18 so i've been fighting with this as far as if i really like 2k20 and 2k21 more than 2k18 that might actually surprise people but i've gone back and put on 2k18 and after playing 2k20 and 2k21 and Sometimes there is less frustration with the player movement. But at the end of the day, with all the design decisions and everything that happened with 2K18, I have to put it, um, I think I have to put it last because I still find myself appreciating more aspects, I guess you could say, on 2K20 and 2K21. And I did upload a ton of YouTube videos of 2K20 gameplay that my brother and I got 20 games into a season on. We never even got three games into a season on 2K18. Mm. um so i would say number six is 2k 20 because i do think it's a better well-rounded product than 2k 21 player movement slightly better skating isn't as bad um 2k 21 would probably be number seven and then 2k 18 would be last Mm. but i mean it's that's it's really tough i gotta be honest with you i i hate i absolutely can't stand the player movement the speed braking acceleration braking on 2k20 and 2k21 and i was wrestling with it as far as if i was even gonna put them ahead of 2k18
0: oh it makes sense makes sense and uh, as i say 2k20 it's it's in my top four it's uh, wrestling with uh for well, jockeying for position with fourth and fifth with uh the 2k15 it, i think it comes down to the fact that i just simply accepted it for what it was and, and found found enjoyment with it uh playing online with it with the guys sometimes and uh, and playing my career um but, that, but with that being said I, I don't disagree with any of the the criticisms it's like one of those ones and i i won't bring up the game that i always bring up but it, it is possible to enjoy flawed games and sometimes if you sometimes when you enjoy a flawed game and of course it does have the depth uh and everything it's it kind of ranks higher but uh i, I, w- I would say the 2k15 is is the um technically the superior game uh, to that end uh, once again fourth and fifth jockeying from position 2k15 2k20 in in some order um kind of depends on the day and whether i whether i want to put time spent above technical uh quality brilliance whatever uh, after under that i actually do have in uh, sixth place i have uh 2k14 um I, i've never actually been a fan of 2k14 uh next gen or or what was then next gen or the generation before that pc Etc. I I was always bothered by the rotations. It always felt like the the rotations of defense and help defense always feels like the uh, opponents are trying to your teammates are trying to scoot out of the way. Let your opponents, you know, real matador defense going on there. Uh, The the movement in next gen always felt a a little bit exaggerated to me, just just slightly that you'd move a little bit too far. Uh, with it, and whenever I go back and play, maybe it's because I'm used to newer games. I don't know, but even at the time, I felt it was a bit uh, too exaggerated, uh, and just too bare bones for me. And the the fact that they got rid of association, brought in the My GM, and that you had to, of all things, you you had to unlock and pay for the ability to reorder the roster and, and things like that. I, I think they just made such a mistake with it uh it's it's a decent story in my career but it's also very on rails very intrusive on the gameplay it's it's funny because in the very introductory cutscene, the your character says and nobody will tell my story but me and said yeah but it's on rails so really you won't it's uh, so
1: the the design choices for 2k14 is what's most puzzling i mean i can understand with, with what they did on the floor like the gameplay but when we talk about having like only one custom roster no ability to use multiple teams the bare bones like the menu system which we talked about at length before how the person who made the menu system made a huge mistake Yeah, lack of save slots like what a strange way to come out on the next it's if live 14
0: was at all a competent product then it, it probably could have actually caught up that year if, if they had been able to get live back to where it would, needed to be, they would have had a great big advantage with 2K14 because it was so bare bones. It was almost Live 06 level of bare bones and bad design choices. Yeah,
1: I mean, you didn't have... Yeah, I mean, you couldn't even create players. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had so many features gutted and so much um, stuff gutted. Um, and like I said, that's why it even dropped to 4th because I do like the gameplay. But it even dro- almost dropped lower than, like, 2K19 and whatnot. And I still have to think about that at length. But
0: i mean I know I gameplay is paramount but at the, at the same time depth does matter and 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 missing staples that's what always bothers us and bothers a lot of people i know is that having you expect certain staples and when they're gone you know it's something like the live for example not being able to control multiple uh teams in, in the franchise mode which has been a thing since they revamped a dynasty in live 2004 i know but not bringing things back and not and the All-Star weekend falling by the wayside on NBA Live Live 10 and and so forth. When when we we lose something, when we lose something, that's, you know, putting on lot
1: 16 recently and my brother and I trying to jump in and do a draft and play on the same team in a, in a season and you couldn't do it. Like that you can't put his controller on my side. So like we literally can't play together. (laughs) Yeah. Why that's, you can't play multiplayer in a yeah. season and it's like in live 16 and how you, is that you can do that in
0: possible? live 95 you can do that in live 95 yeah. and if it's in live yeah. 95 why is it not in live 16 that's the problem
1: yeah exactly and then like like we we had talked about this before and then all of a sudden NBA Live series drops all of their all decade teams too they're like you know what screw it no retro content yeah so like exactly. okay well we had this before and now we don't have it you know it's just uh, it doesn't make any sense to me but yeah 2K14 felt that way um you kind of felt cheated because they, and it did feel like a rush job
0: so and, and I, di- I didn't really care for the gameplay on top of that which is why it ranks as, as low it does look fantastic though so, some of the faces in, in recent games do look better if you go back and look at some of the faces the textures have improved but the lighting and so forth that game still does look amazing there is a reason the omg trailer made people say omg it was, it was quite well named quite aptly named
1: no, it makes sense. I, and, you know, the thing is, is I, I can't stand the people, too, though, that they say things like NBA 2K14 was goaded or something like that. Or they say it's the greatest game ever. But, but really, they're just saying it because they all, the only mode that they played is they like. Like, they're not thinking big picture, right? Mm. For them, they may have played one mode and exclusively one mode. And that mode was functional in NBA 2K14. So they're like, this is the greatest game ever. But when you actually think about it big picture and you think about other people's playing habits and the content that they were missing in the game, um, you have to think about that stuff. Like You can say, I yeah. think this is the greatest 2K because I love this mode, but you can't say this game is goaded. Like, you still see it,
0: though. You, you still see people saying about recent games, they focus on the mode they like. So if, if they don't play a mode that's got... Uh, vc and i know you don't but you also acknowledge the problems with vc a lot of people will say oh well i just play my who cares about the problems well a lot of people who play my my team who plays my team actually a lot of people and and my career and the experiences so there's a lot of people that that still focus on that yeah i want to
1: point out Troyden and all these people wouldn't even
0: have you
1: know the ones who play basically my team exclusive like those guys wouldn't even have a following if my team wasn't yeah yeah, their videos like this kid these guys have millions of followers and they make tons of money with their content and all of that stuff. And like people like Troy and like 95 percent of their content is my team.
0: Like people, you can say whales account for most of the recurrent revenue from my team and maybe that's the case but at the same time there's a lot of other people that are spending here and there a lot of people are playing my team punching in those codes doing no money spent they may not be spending money on it you know if you want to say who's spending money on my team i think that's a conversation you can have because yes that is that it does come down to the whales a lot of us don't spend money on my team but a lot of people are playing it. You know, the, the metrics don't lie.
1: Listen, people listen. Not only are people playing my team, you know, thousands upon thousands, millions of people playing my team, but they're also taking time out of their day to watch other people play my team.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> let's, let's, let's cut the crap with the whole nobody plays this mode or nobody plays that mode.
0: So, so you just, but yeah, you, you do see that still happening today. The people focus on, and they say, oh, well, I, I, I had a great time with that game. It's, which mode do you play? Because the mode you play and how you play and uh, and how you approach basketball video games, it, it's all relative. And that's why, again, it, there is uh, some uh, subjectivity to the, to the rankings. Uh, so,
1: oh, to before you continue, I'm yep.
0: sorry. No, so, I wanted
1: to bring, bring this up during my rankings. Microtransactions were heavily amped up in NBA 2K18. Like, oh, it yeah, became yeah. this unbelievable, you know, unfair approach to the gamer and everything and if you notice my they all all games after 2k18 fall below um the old motion system and when they were being more fair to the gamer so i need to point out that that's not by accident like I said, I think that there was more focus on the gameplay and the overall experience back before 2K18, and then you know they became more unfair to the gamer, and then the gameplay became more unbalanced and whatnot, and there became more issues that they didn't address. And we've already talked about roster issues in the past, so um, I think 2K18 up to 2K21 was not a good time period for 2K or its fans.
0: No, my the, the focus on my, on recurrent revenue, the focus on the online scene which you certainly need to pay attention to that because of its popularity but the lack of balance uh, the 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 fact that focus on online took so much away from offline that it wasn't creating too great experiences it was kind of trying to strike a a balance badly and and skewing it towards online uh, that is that has definitely affected it in recent years that that it wasn't the case in the in the early years although there were problems naturally Uh, once again all games have issues but some issues are worse than others and that's also you know people also say oh you never complained about microtransactions back in the day we did but the complaints have gotten worse as the situation's gotten worse that's kind of how complaints work <laughs> if, the, if the situation doesn't get better the complaints steadily get more uh agitated shall we say but uh, uh seventh place is 2k21 for me um i for current gem i think it's it, it was not worth full price you know how they we, we talked about this actually before we um before before the games came out when, when they first announced the price raise to uh for, for next gen i brought it up they said okay it's, it's next gen tech so it's going to have to cost more so i said well okay is the current gen version because it's no longer the priority is that going to cost less no and it didn't i mean they're, they're, it's been on sale recently of course and they, they always do that to sell extra copies but 2k21 current gen it's just sloppy in a lot of ways uh, you know how they fixed the uh, the daily bonus now? The, how it wasn't deli- wasn't uh, delivering the VC. You know how they fixed that, Derek? Oh, no. uh, it just says now daily bonus none. So they've just stopped doing the daily bonus now. That's how they fixed that in current gen.
1: It's just ridiculous. You know, I also talked about this before, not to go you know, you know off on a rant, but I'll try to simplify this. You know, the two K twenty one demo gameplay, as I talked about, was better than what we got on release. So they they had um, a much better gameplay feel that felt more similar to 2K20, but with slight improvements, like I stated in my demo gameplay video. And then once we got the release, it felt like a broken game Yeah. in many, many different ways. A rush job. um, The movement felt far worse. The skating was worse. The sucking in was worse. All of that stuff. And like you had stated, Mike Wang said that the 2K21 demo gameplay was from an old build. Well, why didn't you stick with that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Quite frankly, uh, yeah
1: yeah so between what they the unfair to the gamer stuff the daily bonus thing how they quickly patched vc exploits but they won't um patch um stuff like daily bonus um and make it more fair to the gamer all of that stuff like just not a lot of good stuff with the 2k21 current gen
0: version so it's not i think it's gotten a little bit better post patch with some of the patches the shooting is a little bit better uh i do play it still i, I do play my team on pc uh, kind of balance it out with playing my team on uh, on next gen at the moment on ps5 so i am still playing it but I, I do notice the difference between current gen and next gen uh i also notice a lot of the same issues you know we, we talk about built from the ground up and i'm sure we'll come back to the uh, next gen impressions as as we continue to go through the year but but yeah 2k21 current gen it, it, there's just so much sloppiness in it it reminds me a lot of nba live 08 pc where it was clearly the and it, once again a game was outsourced to another studio and it's just one of those things where it's it's an, it's clearly an afterthought. Uh, it's not the primary version, but yet it's still being sold at the uh, the same price at the same price point. Uh, I think it was just a very disappointing game all around. It's it's definitely ranked seventh on my list. I can't rank it below 18 though. Uh, 18 had you talk about broken shooting systems, the whole nerfed green releases where good releases were actually worse than late or early releases. And, and people said, oh, you just Rush don't... Animations, rushed animations yeah. in
1: 2K18. It's like everything felt rushed.
0: And, yeah. and people say, oh, you you just don't understand how it works. I know, I understand how it works. I just think it's illogical. And it speaks volumes that in 2K19 they went away from it. And it was so much better that they did. Uh, the The pace is frenetic. It's almost arcade-like, especially in my, my career where you can't change it. Uh, broken builds, uh, builds that can't dunk even though they've got the ratings too and uh, and they can't do anything about it once you've made the build you've got to start over again uh the neighborhood there were a lot of issues with having to run all the way around to the to the playground they've, they've designed better neighborhoods since although again the fact they brought that in is a sign of things that they're trying to compete with Fortnite and whatnot rather than a focus on basketball uh the haircuts you know and people would say oh but do you get free haircuts in real life and they say no but does a haircut cost five times as much as an NBA player's game salary for a single game? No, I don't think so. So don't pull the realism argument because I can come back but with... Also you know, just
1: 60, I also just paid 60 bucks for this game
0: Yeah, and sometimes more. So, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's one thing to, to buy a shirt or something from the store or, or to buy a jersey for your player to play in the playground, but to change your hair color or change your hairstyle things customization features that have been in basketball games again since pretty much since we've had detailed creator player modes and it's again you want to talk about realism and this is still a problem of course we still have to buy accessories for our player which we didn't have to do in the early career modes now do you think nba players have to go to the nba store to buy sweatbands and headbands and whatnot and, and sleeves and, and compression shorts and whatever no the team supplies them or shoes yes. it'd be one thing if we had to buy them for pro-am and playground shoes and accessories it's like okay well that's like doing it on their own time but all the nba accessories technically if you want realism should be absolutely free because they're in in theory in the in, in universe provided by the team but 2k18 just pushed their luck with it uh the gameplay mechanics were not good uh it pretty much every design choice they made was was terrible the story was absolute garbage with uh you know I, i've t- i've made a joke about be fresh so many times that it must be getting old but it, it really was I, I don't know what they were going for i, I guess they were going for fun, fun, fun funny because off, funny because she's <laughs> yeah Will. I, I think they were going <laughs> for f- annoying funny in an annoying way but they just they got the annoying part but they forgot the funny part but it, it was just yeah they just just let's uh, let it- a total misfire 2k18 i said it i said this in our post-mortem i said it in my the legacy of 2k18 way back wednesday 2k18 made pretty much every choice they could make was wrong and i i gave up on it in march which was earlier than i've done for any other game this generation i believe Um, except maybe 2k14 but i still consider that a better made game than 2k18 in, in, in a lot of ways uh yeah 2k18 is bottom of the barrel 2k21 is damn close because of how sloppy it is but it's still got better design choices enough better design choices and enough new content coming in that it's better than 2k18 but that's a low bar
1: that's so i'm gonna let it all out a little bit here too so i want to point something it. out uh, with 2k18 why it hit my bottom too is some of the design choices just make no sense like the dark courts in dark arenas you felt like you were playing in a morgue like, yep. like, if you, like, in pretty much any one of the arenas, it looked absolutely silly. Um, and then you had the balloons, like, if you played in broadcast, like, what were they thinking? You had the balloons coming down, like, into the crowd. Oh, my God, I forgot. Yes, could, yes. You can see, you can see, and it's blocking the gameplay. Yeah. Like, you have balloons. Like, why? Like, who, who in the design room, you know, when they were making 2K18, they were like, you know what, man? You know what? We should have balloons fall into the crowd. And well, nobody thinks about the broadcast camera. First off, that's what I was going to say, that's because
0: they're not thinking about the broadcast camera.
1: Right, who thought about that? I mean, I think it's stupid in general, but like, why even put that in there? Like with all the issues with 2K18, some, some guy came up with this idea for balloons and then they probably sat around a table. Like, oh, this is a great idea. Like, why? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then you have the situation where it doesn't matter if Kawhi Leonard's guarding you or somebody like Kyle Korver. You literally can just blow by him 100% of the time. And then they admit to the problem. Like, they don't patch it all year. I show videos of it. I, You know, I tag developers, all of this stuff. I make videos on it uh, and, and everything. And then they admit in the 2K19 cycle. The yeah, lies, the lies in anything.
0: the blog the year before, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. And so, like... All of these design choices, it makes absolutely... And then also, the, you know, we didn't even talk about the oversized heads. Oh, like yeah, They were like, yeah. you know what? We're going to have Kevin Garnett look like a bobblehead out there, and Shaq look like a bobblehead, and all of these players look like bobbleheads with really oversized heads. You're going to have your players look cross-eyed. Their eyes are going in. Um, you have guys, you know, some of the retro players with their eyeball going through their eyelid. All of that stuff. Like It was an, a massive rush job. The game was a massive rush job, and we talked about, you know, the rush shooting mechanics. It's the first game, so we went from 2K14, 2K15, 2K16, 2K17, which had pretty solid shooting mechanics overall, you know, where you still felt like you had control, to 2K18, where every shot felt rushed and the result felt random. And so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't blame you for having it at the bottom. I think a lot of, so, you know, I've heard a lot of people actually, now that it's not the current game when everybody was sticking up for it or trying to because they were being shills and fanboys, um, most people that I see now say that that is one of the worst releases ever. Um, and I'll never forget Ronnie 2K's tweet. <laughs> um, he goes, you know, it was, I think it was on release day or right before he goes, um, get ready for the greatest 2K in 2K's history or something like that. And like best you...
0: game on the planet. Like it's it's not yeah, even, It's exactly. not even the best game in yeah. your own series,
1: right now. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Two K eighteen
0: was, you know, a big miss. It it was, and I think we've covered why we did it in our post mortem earlier this year. You can go back and listen to that. In one of the what early... about your lives?
1: Sorry, I, I wanted to make before we go on to the next topic. What about? You? Can you rank your lives
0: really quick? Um, probably top five would be. Um, O six PC as a I always say PC because people say oh, this gen.
1: Oh no, I'm sorry, I meant this gen. Oh, I this, mean, if we did oh, that, oh, oh no, this, oh, this all. gen.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, oh, maybe sixteen, eighteen, fifteen, nineteen, fourteen, possibly. Fourteen is definitely ah. the bottom. So.
1: Yeah, you know, eighteen, eighteen. You know, when I went back and played, it felt like a better, it felt better gameplay
0: wise than patch nineteen. It does, yeah, I will yeah. yeah. No, uh, I mean uh, patches. I patches rule. Nineteen we've but... said so many occasions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. I, I think for me, I think it, live nineteen's demo gameplay would have been the best. Post patch gameplay, I have trouble putting it over live sixteen, which is surprising to me. Um i probably should have given more um more thought to this before i asked you i guess
0: well i mean i mean 14 uh, is, is, is quite easily i think we can probably agree 14 is the bottom
1: yeah yeah 14 well yeah i'd say fourteen's the bottom i did like some things like the dribble tech
0: i like it that. had some good um, it had good ideas that that has been the frustrating thing about live it's had some good concepts some good tech here and there but it just hasn't come together over this past generation. And when it started to with eighteen nineteen, they started focusing on the streets. So it's it's either been the tech or the focus or, or the overall the overall package just hasn't been there this past generation for, for live.
1: Yeah, for action for action, I might choose Live sixteen first. Um, I'm still having trouble putting Live eighteen over Live nineteen. Um, I'd have to give this a little bit. I'd have to give this a little bit more thought. I, I would say that probably Live fourteen had a chance to actually be better than live 15 and live 16 i'd have to go back and play it just because the feel of the dribble track um uh dribble tech and then also i feel like shots on the move felt a lot better mm. like i liked the shooting in live 14 i think it did some good things i think swaggy p lino and i can agree on that um i do think that it was very bare bones though again
0: i mean that's, um, that's been the problem this whole generation is that they didn't even have, didn't even have yeah. the depth of live 10 and uh, i am of course finishing up the 25th anniversary of nba live retrospectives as we close out the year, um, I will have some bonus content. We're going to try and reach out to a few people uh, here and there. Some figures from the past, see if we can get some interviews just to do some extra overtime content in uh, early 2021. But uh, the, the retrospective, at least, we're finishing up this year if uh, if all goes well. And I just finished drafting Live 10. In fact, by the time this podcast comes out, the, that article will will already be out, and I hope you all check that out. That retrospective, if you haven't already. Uh, but live 10 again if if they had built on live 10 and we will be getting to this uh in the mailbag uh, shortly uh, if, if they had built on live 10 uh they wouldn't be in so much better shape this whole generation
1: oh my god they would in fact why don't we t- i think this would be a good idea let's table that actually for the next show if you want to rank our lives um and then we can also if you want to dive into live 10 too um yeah it's it's disappointing
0: sure we'll, I think- we'll get into that in the, in the new year but uh i guess that's our ranks for, for 2k I'm, I'm kind of glad that we had some differences there and it, it again it comes down to what we were both playing how we play it me doing a lot of single player or online team play whereas you play either i guess single player or with your brothers so it it, it does affect how we see it uh but i think there's a lot of similarity we i think uh, i certainly agree with a lot of your points even if they personally rank a little bit different for, uh differently for me but uh if nothing else we can agree that 2k 17 is the best and 2k 18 is the worst back-to-back years uh, the best and the worst of 2k in this generation
1: i think it me i think it speaks volumes that we play differently but 2k 17 was still number one and i think it's because of the all-around product good point The overall experience um and i also think you putting 2k 16 at third and me putting it too in both of us ranking 2k 15 high also speaks volumes because we do play differently Mm. um and um i think it just speaks to those being more all-around products not only from a depth standpoint but from a gameplay standpoint
0: it, it really does have to be as we've said so many times before that great package that great well-rounded product across the board because you can have great gameplay you can have great modes and and certain games have had kind of wonky gameplay but great features others have had a uh, pretty good gameplay or great gameplay but have been very light on the on the modes and the features and the, and the functionality and missing staple features and again yes all games have issues it's i can't think of a game that has had everything i've ever wanted in it or hasn't had some issue that has bugged me even live 06 pc which i think is the best all-around game in the live series has a couple of problems in dynasty with the primacy rating being recalculated when players get injured and then they they come back and they don't score enough points because it doesn't reset the, re- the uh, primacy ratings which again governs who has the uh, uh governs shot selection and uh and pecking order so that even in my favorite games, there are still issues. But the best games and my favorite ones, and I'm, I'm sure it is for you too, is the ones that are so well-rounded across the board that even though they're not perfect, they hit on so many, so many areas and do things right, gameplay and mode-wise and feature-wise.
1: Yeah, those are also the easiest games to revisit and have a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've always looked at it. Um, and that's why 2K11 still stands out um, well over 2K10 overall is because the gameplay is that you know better balanced and well-rounded and it's easier to go back and play it and have a good time also i want to point out really quick before we move on 2k16 also had my favorite size up system it had the front back left and right size ups and it gives you so many options as a ball handler um, and it adds to the authenticity and with 2k17 one of the downsides is they went to just that front size up Mm. so you lost some of your um your authenticity in that in that regard but yeah 2k16 and 2k17 I, for me as i've stated i just i think those were really good releases
0: 2k16 has my favorite uh, glitch of all time actually perhaps where if you do a double clutch with uh, steph curry's layup package it fires the ball way up into the rafters i'll have to send you the video if I did i send you that video well no before? you didn't I'll, have to, I'll send it to you after I the show. Know. I'll definitely i'll write it down. I'll send send it to you because it's a it's a funny glitch. But that aside, that aside, it was a very fun game to uh, to do to play.
1: I think the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues with 16 was the trailer three, where it was always open.
0: Yeah, like yeah. you had
1: the, the big guy. Like if you had Dirk running up behind the like like you're just dribbling up, and Dirk is coming from behind the play, he just gets a wide open three from the top from the top of the key, and the big man won't come out. So
0: then again. 2016 was the uh, the, the real three point revolution in the NBA, I suppose. So uh, they called it. <laughs>
1: they yeah, called
0: thanks it. Steph Curry. No, <laughs> I love Steph Curry. It's, it's all right so yeah thank you once again to lady culture for suggesting that uh great topic to uh to rent in the uh in the year on especially with, again with the generations lining up as as they did we will uh yeah probably mention some of those games again moving forward definitely 2- 2k21 current gen will be part of the coverage and of course we'll uh get into the nba live side of things in a, in a future show that would definitely be good to uh think about that and do some more rankings and in-depth discussion there but uh, moving on to the the jumbo mailbag, the the rest of the topics. Once again, thank you everybody who has uh, sent stuff in. There's multiple questions from the uh, from the same people, which is why we wanted to keep it all and just run through this, this to uh, to end the year. And uh, I'm actually going to combine uh, three questions. This is from uh, Cedric uh, Young said seven on Twitter. Young said nine eleven on uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is where Cedric reached out to us for this one. Of course, you can submit the mailbag questions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or in the forum or indeed in the comment section on the uh, on the front page basically hit us up wherever and we'll uh we'll add it to the mailbag but uh but cedric is is of course a uh, uh, prominent in the nba live community a uh, big supporter of nba live and, and like us would like to see it come back and uh, and make you know uh, make waves again and be that viable competitor that we've talked about so many times but uh so cedric's questions are all kind of uh, lead to this uh they're all about nba live being able to make a comeback so I'll, I'll read them out and we can kind of have that discussion because i think it all it's all kind of the, the same discussion and um which is uh, and certainly we appreciate the suggestions uh but it's it's kind of encompasses the same problem which we have talked about before but it's uh always worth touching on again uh centric asks uh can nba live make a comeback uh will ea sports make an announcement regarding nba live in 2021 which we can speculate on that shortly. And uh, why is EA Sports so silent on the NBA Live social media handles? Uh, very, uh, very pertinent question, Derek. All three pertinent questions, uh, you know, about NBA Live's comeback. And of course, the, the silence on, on social media, as we've talked about before.
1: Yeah, uh, great questions. Um, I like how passionate he is. He talked, uh, he posted a couple times on the NLSC as well. And um, I believe he's commented on a couple of my videos on YouTube. So yeah, thanks for the questions. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before on some other shows. Uh, I think that there's no, they're not going to let this opportunity pass them by. Uh, you know, and NBA 2K doesn't have the exclusive license um, for the NBA, for their players and whatnot, and teams. I, I think that NBA Live 22 will be announced. Um, I truly believe that. If not at the latest NBA Live 23, uh, there will be an NBA Live game on this generation, in my opinion. Uh, I feel like they have to give it one more shot definitely um, you know with the new tech um, with the more time that they've had to develop the games now they've had a good chance to see what NBA 2k came out with we talked about this before about how it's kind of like a wait and see approach so they see what they did from a design standpoint from a gameplay standpoint and whatnot and and you know it's not like EA Sports is doing poorly you know they they're still doing really well with Madden um they're doing well with NHL those games are still even though there's a lot of people who complain about Madden there's still those games are still received fairly well um so EA Sports is still very active in sports gaming um and in in a big way they're also still very popular so um I don't think they let this t- this uh this chance pass them up and I still believe that there will be an announcement for nba live 22 um and before i get into the social media stuff which you know i'm really you know i've talked about it a lot in the past i wanted to see what you thought as far as you know when we're going to get a release um and if we're going to get a release
0: you know I, I remember us talking about this and me saying that i would started to lose the faith so to speak that i, that I was starting to feel skeptical that they'd ever come back it just seemed like they'd gone quiet they they weren't they were making promises they just kind of let another season go by without uh, even announcing or even announcing a delay or giving an update on the status which which worried me uh, and you know can nba live make a comeback it obviously can like you say ea sports is still still around they're, they're not uh, about to go belly up they've got a lot of resources they've got a lot of money from, from every current revenue sources with uh fifa ultimate team and madden ultimate team and, and whatever and they, and they you know they, they are still doing sports games they're not looking to go anywhere they're opening up the new studio in uh madrid ea madrid to uh to help out with nba live uh, apparently so nba live definitely can make a comeback uh will it and, and when, when we talk about a comeback i mean we could see another nba live game but when we talk about a comeback i think will it make a comeback uh as in you know like michael jordan came back in 1995 and then and got back to his uh you know nba uh dominating self or will it be like Allen houston trying to make a comeback and he's he's gets signed that's <laughs> where i, swear I would
1: i was i swear we said i was literally about to interrupt you and say alan houston alan, or will houston, it be yeah. like alan houston trying to come back make a right? come back
0: and just of not, of you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah or you know or, or some of the less successful comebacks where players do come back but it's they're not like they were before and and when we say well like before with let me alive we're talking about the heyday not the the struggles of the past generation uh can they yes uh will they they have to do everything right obviously they're going to have to avoid the mistakes of the past generation uh, that goes without saying um I, I what what makes me change my mind about this is the hiring of scott gallagher and rob jones when that happened that that said to me okay they're investing in the future of nba live they are bringing in people basketball people people from the the most successful basketball franchise um you know sim basketball game franchise bringing those people in you don't do that if you're not going to give it one more go at least one more go right. so that makes Especially me
1: think yeah who is basketball right so scott o'gallagher you don't bring a guy in like scott o'gallagher for football like no. i don't think you're doing and that. someone if who left ea scott
0: to go to 2k you you know, you don't bring him right. back
1: jones, yeah right rob jones has worked on the madden franchise before so for me i always think in the back of my mind that you know hey maybe they could bring him in for football right Um, But when you think of Scott, when you think about Scott O'Gallagher, he is literally basketball. That's that's what he is. That's what he's been doing. Um, That's all he's been involved with um, as far as like, you know, with 2K and whatnot um, from and he did the live dribble tech, I believe, for um, Live 14. He is basketball. So you don't bring in a guy. And and I don't think you bring in a guy like Scott O'Gallagher for NBA Live Mobile either.
0: No, um be so pointless. i think
1: yeah. like, i'm with you right and then you know we talked about the job postings which i showed you where they were hiring around the same time scott o'gallagher committed to ea sports they're hiring for um community managers for specifically nba live and it doesn't say for nba live mobile it says for nba live um so yeah i agree with you all the, the and, and those heavily factor into me thinking that we're going to get one soon
0: i i think so too and I, I think you can't leave it too late uh but but to that point they are very quiet on their social media. They have been... The, the last post they have on the official NBA Live account, apart from the pin tweet about the update on the series, which is the last update from, what, 2018 or so they do, or, or 2019, they, they have the... Uh, uh, about acknowledging the passing of Kobe Bryant earlier this year, that, that is basically the, the last tweet they've made, I believe, from memory. Uh, so, yeah, they, they have been very quiet. And as we said before, the, the silence is deafening. Uh, it, it doesn't help... Uh, to br- promote awareness of the brand, even if they were doing things like, oh, you know, on a selfish note, retweeting some of the 25th anniversary of NBA Live articles or some of our other things looking back at uh, NBA Live to keep awareness out there, or, or once a week posting uh, clips from old games or, or basically doing anything to keep the, the live brand in the consciousness. Um, the NBA Live mobile account does things because, of course, they do have NBA Live mobiles going, and they've split it into two, which is probably for the best. But apart from that, there's nothing talking about that full console release, so it does get people feeling very sceptical and thinking, well, it, it probably is gone for good. And, it, and if not for that hiring, which which again wasn't announced by the official NBA Live account, you know, they could be, they definitely could be doing more. And I think if they are going to make that announcement ne- next year, which which again is, is definitely a distinct possibility, you do need to start building up to that and start getting people excited again. Because oh, there's activity on the NBA Live Twitter account, the Facebook account, what's going on? Maybe a little teaser here and there. Okay, okay. You know, I, I think you do You do have to do that. And to do that, I, I think you need to get some better um, social media managers or, or community managers or PR or somebody to, to really look at what other companies are doing. Because 2K, for all their faults and missteps sometimes on social media, still do a, a so much better job of pushing their own brand and celebrating their history. And we've talked about that before. And that's what, what Live needs to do and, and why they're so silent. Maybe they don't have much to say at the moment, but th- you can still be saying other things to get the brand out there and keep it in people's minds.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's as much as them not knowing what that needs to be done or not knowing that they need to be out there. It's, that it's a very low priority. Right. It's like the for Track, which we've talked about, which all the rush jobs and copy and paste jobs. It's not that they don't know that it's wrong that they're doing it the way that they're doing it. It's not that they don't know that these players are made inaccurately and everything. It's just that it's a very low priority. And that's the way I look at it with with EA Sports. And unfortunately, like we had stated, the science is deafening, but it's also embarrassing, right? I think it's embarrassing what what they've done. Um, Not, you know not paying homage to, you know, the NBA jam series, um, not highlighting some of their rich history, not keeping in contact with their fans, only choosing like certain private platforms, like our private groups to like share information with, or to get feedback with instead of doing it in like a grand on a grand scale. Um, I think that, it's not a good look. And when they come back, they better come back strong. Like we had talked about, new community managers, people who are going to be out there asking questions, um, taking in feedback, answering um, to the world of basketball gamers and whatnot. And uh, yeah, they need to hire the right people. And those people are out there. We've talked about it before. You know, there's people who are passionate about basketball gaming, passionate about retro gaming, um, who are subject matter experts in that matter, um, as far as they could highlight a lot of the great things about the old games. Um, there's also a lot of people who are like that who are also great people people who are really good at interacting with the public or answering questions and all of that stuff. So those people are out there. But the biggest thing is is that they have to make it a priority. And if it's not a priority, it's never going to look good.
0: Exactly. So it, people people the- need to take the, the product seriously. If, if they won't, why, why should the consumer... So they absolutely need to make that effort, and the other thing I'll throw out there is that they do need to interact with across the breadth of the community. And look, selfishly, yes, I wanted them to interact with us at the NLSC, or at least interact with us on, on Twitter. I and I, you know, I, I throw it out there to the new NBA Live community manager, whoever they may be, if you happen to be listening. You know, we we only uh, offer constructive criticism because we want to see the games improve. Uh, I do feel we are knowledgeable. I do feel that we treat uh, basketball gaming with reverence is, is kind of a, a, a wanky word to use but we certainly do uh take care in our the way we cover uh, basketball games be they live 2k jam uh whatever so i think they need to reach out not just to us but also again to uh gaming tailgate um to to, to you know, pass the padre anybody in the past that's been involved with with basketball gaming uh and covering it and and, and has that history with the nba live series for better or worse I think they need to interact there. They can't just go with Reddit. Uh, they need to be reaching out to to us, Operation Sports, the official NBA Live forums, and I know they can say, "Oh, forums are old hat. It's all about Reddit and social media." But you still have people active on those platforms as well. Talk to those people. Don't shut out the old guard. The old guard knows knows what NBA Live was like at the time. They they know what made NBA Live successful and what people. They're the ones talking to people in the community don't just go for the YouTubers and the influencers, certainly include them and certainly include Reddit, but the whole community, interact across the community, uh, interact with, you know, big or small. Uh, remember when, when Mike Wong, when Beluba re- responded to your uh, suggestions about the broadcast camera? In, uh...
1: By the way, you have kept that ever since. Ever since he switched it, ever since I, um, I brought that up and they made the change and he said, I'll bring back that 2K17 broadcast camera tech, It stayed in the game. Like the broadcast camera is still great, yeah. Today, um, so that I felt like I made a difference there. You know, the, I also want to point out that, um, and I know this is going to sound—I'm not trying to put the NLSC up on a pedestal, but nobody covers basketball gaming like the NLSC. I mean, in my opinion, I think that they should be, and I'm, and I'm, well before I was there too. Um, so it's not, I'm not saying because of me or anything like that, or, um, or exclusively just because of us either, because we have great people there too. Um, but in my opinion, they should be embarrassed that they have, they've, um, haven't included the NLSC, um, in all the content that we're doing for free to promote them, um, and how they've kind of shunned us out. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that that was, that was a
0: community. I don't know what, if he's, what he's still involved with now, but it was, it was a a guy from Madden who took over the live community job and kind of decided that he was going to bring in a whole bunch of new people and i don't think it's brought in the the feedback that's really benefited the game so let me just put that out there really, so
1: I mean that I that it's in the pudding you yeah, know the yeah, other portion yeah, which, yeah. The, the other portion of this um yeah we, we've been here person. for 25
0: years we've been around next 2021 will be our 25th year as a site we've outlasted so many community sites and even even big sites like GameSpy that we used to be hosted by which really makes me happy because they really just screwed us on the way they promised so many things without hosting and never delivered so I, the fact that we outlasted GameSpy, i feel very good about uh, but uh you know, 25 years I, I think as you say I, I think we do cover the games in, in great depth and with great care and, and passion and, and and we're not the only ones uh, And and you need that's why reach out across that that uh the community talk to everyone not just this exclusive stuff that that's what 2k is doing 2k is getting elitist and they're you know dangling badges over people's faces. None of that bullshit. None of that bullshit. You know, reach out to the community. Reach out to everybody in the yeah, community. Exactly. 100%. And, and, yeah. and don't just
1: target 14-year-olds. Yep. We saw what you did with them Live 19. We're not stupid. We saw the kid acting all excited when you made a move in the streets and all of that stuff, getting on camera. Oh, my God, what a move. And it's supposed to depict what it's like on social media. Stop that. You know, you can you can cater to that demographic um, but also you know the older team demographic and the young adult demographic and even more so you know make a well-rounded basketball game get out there on social media and you can make some noise
0: absolutely so yeah we want to see that announcement coming in 2021 we want to see nba live make a comeback we believe it can we hope that it will and when it does we uh, we hope to see that activity on the, on the social media handles and uh, yeah we want to be involved
1: yeah 100 percent. and you know what's funny is we're going to be doing this anyway like we're going to be doing yeah. this podcast yeah and stuff, I mean, and you're of going to articles and all of that stuff but i think what we want more is you know guys pay attention and and you know pay attention to what gamers want and all of that stuff and we would just want a great basketball
0: game for everybody we do multiple games on the market multiple great games as we uh as we once had as we said before yeah exactly moving on to the next question we have some from uh from josh and dave at Nemo Gamer. of course new version of basketball classics just dropped recently it's currently on sale on steam for the holidays uh definitely worth picking that up see if you can beat the phantom five see if you can beat the nlsc squad um but yeah we uh, we love uh basketball classics it's always great to have josh and dave on the show we will no doubt reach out in the new year to uh get those guys back on and uh crack all the jokes and uh and talk about the subjects we love because uh yeah so some of our favorite guests
1: yeah. I, I found it funny they, they asked a question on um they were they are talking about two different versions of Tecmo Super NBA basketball. Um the they asked on Instagram or whatever. They must hate that because I don't think they like that game that much. <laughs> 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 so why would somebody want two versions of Tecmo Super NBA basketball?
0: But, why, why would why would somebody want Nicktoon's basketball? And yet I do have it. But um
1: You do yeah i have some games i definitely don't want or don't play but i kind of do
0: it for collecting backyard basketball 2007 I've, I've got fallout brotherhood of steel the, the game of which fallout fans do not speak it, it is the voldemort of the fallout series um you know he he must not be named uh so yeah i, I do uh i do like to collect oddities but uh, uh once again check out basketball uh, classics on uh on steam currently on sale the new version adds the uh 2020 teams to the uh the collection of uh season rosters but uh, yeah, so one thing that uh, that they ask is um, EA, or, or suggest for a topic. Uh, EA seems to have a history of leaving franchises to die. We have talked about uh, live being in limbo. Uh, love to hear about histories of some of these and whether or not they have uh, made a comeback. And I mean, that EA does have that uh, reputation of being the uh, company and series killer. You know, they they acquire, uh, and, and this is not against any of the developers. This is all this is the suits. Uh, acquiring companies, bringing them under the EA umbrella, the Electronic Arts umbrella, and then they kind of, uh, yeah, it, it, it's like the last game that that that, uh, that uh, developer ever makes, the, the one that comes under the EA umbrella, and then that series is gone. But but even with EA's series themselves, uh, of course NBA Street comes to mind. How they made a few NBA Street games, and then uh, you know that series was discontinued, and of course they got the NBA Jam license.
1: Yeah, made made a couple of really
0: really good games. On Fire Edition, I still believe is the best arcade game ever made because of its depth and also the real AI that they took from the Fight Night series. That really uh, really addressed one of the problems with arcade basketball games is that they can get very repetitive as you play through the ladder or the tournament mode. Uh, With Road Trip and the gameplay tweaks they made with real AI, uh, they actually addressed long standing issues with arcade basketball games. Just a fantastic game all around um i will be covering that more in the new, in the new year finally it's overdue for a Wayback wednesday article or, or indeed a video uh, yeah but those are the two series that come to mind as far as basketball games that they've just let nba jam lie dormant missed the 25th anniversary of that they own the license they own the rights and yet they didn't do anything with that uh laid off the team pretty much when on fire edition was done just let that series die uh streets they've just let that go dormant um i think it was clean prince gaming did a whole video on that and it really, Derek. It, he pointed out that they, that EA's strategy, and and a lot of companies have done this. They go for the safe game that will make money, especially recurrent revenue, and it's the creative projects like a Street, like a Jam, that are, that are really about the gaming experience and creativity and the the, the art of video game development and the hobby of gaming, it gets pushed aside for the the cold, uh, calculated business aspect of pump out sequels that are, you, know, you can do yearly and that just will make guaranteed money which is a thing you've got to worry about in business the suits are going to worry about money fair enough but the the art and the creativity is not there and and so those series like a street and a jam sadly fall by the wayside and, and we're still waiting for them to come back i mean i would love to see a, a new jam and street game every few years uh, you know live coming back and being that alternative to 2k every year but every so often getting a new and street alternating
1: i've talked about this many times before i mean if you don't think that zany arcade action fun um is still a thing and that it can still you know if you don't think it can be popular look at rocket league i'll just exactly. say again those developers made a lot of money um those arcade games um wh- whether it's in sports uh whether it's um otherwise those more zany action more just plain fun Games, Super Mega Baseball, for example, are still can still be very popular, and there's no reason for those games not to be in the space. And when I say zany action fun, I mean more like NBA Jam on Fire Edition, zany fun, you know, which was more even zany fun than NBA Playgrounds. Yep. So yeah, those, those games still make a splash. But three games outside of basketball gaming actually came to mind right away for me: um, Fight Night, which. Hmm. They haven't released in a long time, and there's been no boxing games made, maybe because the sport is just completely dying and is a shell of its former for self. You know, I grew up with Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, Riddick bow Michael Moore, all those guys, right? Um, now look at it. Look at the landscape of boxing. But, you know, they dropped the Fight Night series. They haven't had a Fight Night, I think, in over a decade. Um, triple play baseball. Yeah. Where did that go? You know, Triple Play Baseball was one of my... We had Triple Play Gold Edition for Sega Genesis, a very well-rounded game. Kept stats, could create players, had a great season mode, all of that stuff. They went into the PlayStation PlayStation 2 era, and then they dropped the series. Um, Triple Play Baseball, so that's another one. And then Grand Slam Tennis 2, they dropped it. They made Grand Slam Tennis, and then they made Grand Slam Tennis 2 for Xbox 360. And I think that game came out... It's the same menu system as NBA Live... um, 09 or or 10 so it came out around the 2010 area and then they haven't made another one in a decade so they went from grand slam tennis 2 to not making a game a tennis game in a decade in a perfect opportunity where they could have been making games because they 2k stopped making topspin so they could have been a player in that space and making tennis games with the tennis license which they still had all of that time and we went an entire decade without them making a tennis game and they still haven't made another one so those three if you want to talk about ea dropping the ball those don't make sense to me
0: it's interesting so. you look back at the early 2000s and just the, the lineup the ea sports lineup every year of course you had the nba you had nfl with madden nhl fifa um, you'd have a, have a boxing game you'd have college uh, sports as well you would have uh as you say tennis triple ba- triple play baseball uh NASCAR, you know you had the NASCAR game as well uh you sort of had all this all all's encompassing ea sports games across the whole sports lineup for a while there and it's really just narrowed down to just a few and, and you know popularity of the sports matters i suppose and as you mentioned boxing the popularity isn't necessarily there uh ea does do ufc because mma is big now ufc is big uh they were i believe in contention for the wwe license when uh when THQ went under, and of course it ended up going to Visual Concepts, and now they've Visual Concepts have taken over the WWE games completely, and uh, Ukes, uh, in is now actually developing the new AEW game, I believe. Um, yeah, so you know, but yeah, there were just this, this, these big uh, expansive franchise or lineup, I should say, of all these different franchises in the EA Sports lineup.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the problem is is that they just go away and there's no explanation. Yeah. Try to look up explanations on why those get dropped. Try to look up an explanation of why NBA jam isn't being made. Why try to go look up an explanation of why NBA street isn't being made. So you have all of these like classic favorites and there's still people putting up videos of fight night, uh, fight night and whatnot. Um, and my brother and I just played triple play recently just to kind of, you know, relive it a little bit because we have, um, you know, the gold edition and whatnot for triple play 96. Um, yeah it's just there's no rhyme or reason for it they don't um they don't pay tribute to these series they don't um they don't have channels on social media that pay tribute to these series or anything like that it's like they want it to be gone like mm-hmm. to forget about it um and again it just doesn't make sense because some of these are really great games
0: well if if they're not big sellers if they're ones that are kind of i don't want to say vanity projects but they're certainly or even arty projects it sounds like they're kind of out there games which which jam is not it's it's a classic franchise and, and, and Street as well did, did was great in its uh, in its day. Um, if if it does and, and Clean Prince Gaming, I, I th- again, I thought his video was on this was great. It just goes into that whole detail of if it's not if it's not safe, if it's not that sequel they can pump out every year that franchise. If it has to be one that's going to be made every so often, and it's it's more arty. It's not necessarily this going to be this huge moneymaker it's just off the table it and it's it's becomes very mass-produced very cold cynical uh, quality drops i think we've seen that with with a lot of games that come out every year because it's such a such a crunch to try and improve on these games year after year especially at this point um yeah i, I think it just comes down to is, is it going to make a lot of money well it's going to make is, you know it's not going to operate at a loss but is it going to make any money well no sir it's not <laughs> well forget about it then I, I think that's what it comes down to and while obviously there is a business side to uh, developing video games and selling and marketing and what everything and the budgets, you know, we, we don't want to downplay that. But it means the the artistic nature of them is gone. It means anything that's more about creating this wonderful gaming experience. If it doesn't, if you can't squeeze a huge profit out of it, the suits don't. They don't care. They don't want to hear about it. That's that. And I have you know, a great.
1: Yeah. S- I have a great solution. Make a great game and market it well. Yeah. How about that. Yeah. There's my solution. Jam will sell. So. Look, look at the original
0: Jam. It said, also, it's I
1: just want to point out, read the room. I've talked about Rocket League. I've talked about these. Read the room. Exactly. Read what, yeah. you know, what people are playing. I mean, I'm just on the ground floor here, and I can see the popularity of these games. And some of these games don't even have big budgets. A lot of them are like indie game, indie game developers and whatnot. You guys have the budget. Make a great game. Get the right people on the project. Market the hell out of your game, and you'll reap the rewards.
0: Y- you look at what... NBA Jam did in arcades originally. They they couldn't empty the machines fast enough for the, for the profits it was making. It will make a certain you know amount a day, and I hate to think what they would do with it with microtransactions and whatnot now. But you could still do it in a way. I feel like Playground has done. You could still do it in a way that people can pick and choose whether they're going to do that, and it will still make money. A jam game will sell if it's if you update On Fire Edition for the current season. Re- and add some new co- content to to road trip and, and do a few things like that you would and, and put that at a similar price a digital only half price of uh, rrp that will sell that will make a lot of money you'll sell a lot of copies of that game
1: yeah and a lot of these translate just so well to the online scene exactly. if you still want to attack that online have your leaderboards yeah you know what i mean have your events. You know, you can still put those in these arcade games. Look at all the events that Rocket League had and all the leagues that formed around that. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's it's ridiculous that um, they just drop it like that. So no, I think that was a great question.
0: Absolutely. And, and on one final note, I, I mean, I we'll talk about this more when I talk about On Fire Edition, but the fact that Road Trip, that you could play through that uh, at any time, play that single player, local multiplayer, or online multiplayer, I've not, that's, you just don't see that. In a, in a in a mode that's so flexible they just did such a great job with that game and it, it would sell sell like hotcakes yeah it's uh
1: i know i, I know you love on fire edition
0: I'm i do a big fan of it. next up from uh, from the guys at nemo game oh no this is a basketball podcast but uh this mike tyson comeback which was uh, fairly recent when we got the uh, the comment uh was fascinating uh why would so many people tune in to watch 50 year olds uh is there even a basketball equivalent um yeah, well, I mean, not anymore, but they used to have the the Legends game at the uh, the old timers well, game off, at the, at the All Star weekend. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: yeah, first off, Josh and Dave, did you see how well Mike Tyson moved? Mm. I mean, he looked really good. Mike Tyson looks really good, and I watched a lot of his training leading up to it. Um, remember, people seem to forget that George Foreman almost came made a co- made a comeback. Actually, I, I believe in his, I want to say, mid to late forties, and won the heavyweight belt
0: ninety four yeah
1: um, ninety four. So this isn't new. Um, by any means and I do think that Mike Tyson could give a lot of contenders a fight I don't care what people say he the way how he moves his strength his natural strength um, how fast he still is his footwork all of that stuff I do think that he could compete right now but I don't think they would ever let that happen because how bad would that look if the you know all the old head heads win Mike Tyson wins the heavyweight belt <laughs> um, boxing is also, um, boxing is also very, um, extinct in a way. I mean, if you think about it right now, the highlight in boxing is Floyd Mayweather accepting a challenge from that, um, that YouTube, Jake star, Paul, yeah, who knocked, out, Jake, Jake, yeah. Oh, it's his, bro- it's his who, brother, Jake isn't Paul, it? Yeah. Uh, Jake- I don't know. I don't know. I just know that Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson in the second round, which looked rigged as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what boxing is right now. Right. Yeah, you know, so if if you're if you're talking about guys supposedly the best in the world fighting YouTube stars, boxing is in a really bad place. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, he, Bo Jackson recently said he'd get like 200 yards a game in today's game. De La is talking about making a legit comeback to fight contenders. I think he's around 48 years old. Like he had stated in, his, in the article that I read, he looks around at the landscape of um, boxing and doesn't like what he sees. He's like, you know, these kids don't know how to work hard. They don't know how to train right, all of that stuff. So Delahoy is in, in, in right now making a comeback and um, trying to fight um, for real, not just exhibitions, like actually fight for real. Um, if, you're t- if you're talking about like an NBA or like a basketball equivalent, um, wow. So I, I I kind
0: of I kind of want to see them leave the memories alone, you know, because because you got all, yeah. all all the stats. Like I would I would hate to see Michael Jordan come back and only play 10, 20 minutes a game and see that scoring average drop below the top. For example.
1: Yeah, I I can't think of if, if he was thinking of something that's happened as a basketball equivalent, something that didn't happen but got close to happening was them trying to recruit Wilt Chamberlain in the eighties. To come back true and i think he was in his late 40s or early 50s and from everything that i've read wilt chamberlain in the 80s um played some pickup games uh against nba players including magic johnson and i guess he was just a monster and completely dominant and there were teams that were contacting him and trying to sign him uh and whatnot and he still said he could average you know 20 and 10 in the 80s and i guess there's a story about him playing against NBA players and Magic Johnson was there. I think this was in the mid 80s or like 1983 or something like that. And Magic Johnson was talking trash to Will Chamberlain or something like that. And Chamberlain said, nobody's scoring on me for the rest of the game. And I guess he blocked every shot like mm-hmm. for the rest of the game or something like that. So I think that would be like the closest thing. And I wish that had happened. I would love to see Chamberlain come back in the 80s and just play really well. And I think he may have been able to because he's one of the best athletes in, in, in basketball history and of all time so um, as far as somebody actually coming back eh, I don't think that there's um, I don't think there's a comparison right now
0: I was just thinking a few years ago in the WNBA uh, Nancy Lieberman came out of retirement at age 50
1: oh yeah that's true and she made that behind the back pass mm. so uh, that's,
0: so I think that's the closest back. we've seen in, in basketball
1: um, but that I, wasn't it, long ago. Not enough to do anything i, I think it was like it
0: a 10-day day contract so it was like a game or, or whatever that three-day contract yeah. or whatever they got in uh, WNBA. i um i'm uh, drawing a blank on it at the moment um but yeah it was, it was kind of like this just a once-off appearance from uh, from memory uh the, the world chamberlain one would, would have definitely been very cool to see uh, such a huge what if uh, in a way you could say magic johnson coming back in 96 after so many years off and, and even coaching yeah. the lakers was was kind he of kind of that he, he was hair. much younger but still yeah he
1: was 36 35 or 36 so i can't really like that's why i didn't bring that one up that crossed my mind uh
0: it's, it's maybe the closest I mean, we've
1: you got can use that you could use jordan yeah coming back yeah. because it's 38 39
0: 40 it's, uh i mean it's it's kind of that that's as close as we've kind of gotten in basketball i think apart from again nancy lieberman in WNBA, uh daryl the daryl dawkins almost come back in uh with the celtics in 95 was it was another yeah, one yeah that was a
1: close And i think he was 38 or 37 Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think he was super old either um and yeah he did almost come back in 1995 in fact he was at Celtics camp but we didn't i guess we didn't take a chance on him so
0: the other part of the question uh why would so many people tune in to see 50 year olds i mean obviously there's a spectacle it's it's a big name and and it's a it's a thing like oh we know he's come back after all these years i want to make a comparison and it's not perfect um but but you look at professional wrestling for example which is not a real sport obviously which is why it's not a perfect comparison uh, but you still have a lot of wrestlers these days wrestling into their late 40s early 50s uh the undertaker just officially retired this year at age what is he 55 um many say that he should have retired a few years back because uh, it's really uh, you know done a number on his body as, as pro wrestling does even though it is a work uh but the reason that wwe often does go back to the the old names and trots them out the ones that can still and are still willing to work and, and work matches is because those names still draw people are familiar with those names uh the stars of today there is some great talent uh and great entertainers great athletes in the wwe these days and aew and other promotions but none of them have that mainstream appeal i mean back in the day everybody had heard of hulk hogan or the undertaker Bret Hart, Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, those names meant something. And there was that crossover in the mainstream. Even if you weren't a huge fan, you knew. And and the same goes for, I think, uh, boxing, for example. I mean, I couldn't tell you any any of the younger boxers, but I remember the names. Now, I, I've never really followed boxing, but again, it crossed over back in the day. Those names, there, there was so much crossover in pop culture. I think these days pop culture is so segmented and you can really focus and, and tune your... Uh, your social media feed and your news feed uh, to your interests so you can really ignore things that you don't actually follow closely whereas so the, the names that we remember are the ones from 20 odd years ago the mike tysons the michael jordans stone cold Steve Austin, and the rock of course the rock is in movies these days and stone cold is still around but i mean uh, I, I, think well, it's, it, I think it's, it's it that pop culture relevance and and the people know that and so there's an interest like oh okay i remember that name can he still go? Can he still compete? Uh, so there's, there's kind of that interest, whereas people are like, oh, well, who's, who's the current people? Who, who are the current stars? I don't know.
1: I agree with that, but I also think there's a much bigger natural aspect of it. And I, and I kind of want to use this example. So um, you, people need to realize that it's not just teenagers watching sports you know, boxing, football, all of that stuff. It's adults, young adults, middle-aged, mid-30s, 40s, all of that stuff. You know, there's a Toby Keith song that came out a while back that was, you know, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. And it's all about him losing a step, right? But still Mm -hmm. trying to do some of the stuff that he used to do, but also coming to the realization that he doesn't have it anymore and stuff like that. And I think that there's a natural interest from people who are in their, you know, 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, even in their 60s, et cetera, um, to want to watch athletes who are closer to their age and to see, hey, do they still got it?
0: You know how? Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and like that, I think that there's absolutely this natural interest in, in a contrast and comparison that people um, people on the ground like you and I and whatnot like to um you know compare in that way you know like you stated does he still have it you know this guy's close to my age does he have it i think you got to think about the millions of people in that age bracket or roughly around that age that would want to tune into that um i you know you you say you know what who would want to go and actually tune into that well they have millions upon millions upon millions of people tune in to watch kim kardashian um on tv (laughs) And she's doing absolutely nothing productive on that show. She's absolutely terrible. People like the spectacle.
0: Show, People like spectacle. Yeah,
1: they like right, but they they, they want drama and all mm. of that stuff. And if you really think about it, there's still drama there. So um, yeah, I think that the I, I honestly think that the biggest thing is the more natural whole the the whole thing is you know does he still have it um you know i'm this age or i'm close to that age and i can't move like that let's say look wow look how he moves and stuff like that so i think there's a there's there's a bigger picture um but i also agree with you that um there's this whole nostalgia portion like like i stated boxing was at its best in my opinion when it was evander holyfield mike tyson um riddick bow and you know lennox lewis and all of those guys buster douglas
0: was that my th- my uh, yeah, buster, yeah. I, I almost said buster yeah. keaton that's that's the wrong buster
1: <laughs> the right exactly yeah. um you know buster douglas um you and george foreman made his comeback uh all of that stuff just boxing was amazing pay-per-view was it like getting on pay per view and getting those events and watching them and all of that stuff. Um, you know, Tommy Morrison at the time who has an amazing record by the way, you know, people know him as Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five, but as a boxer, Tommy Morrison went something ridiculous like, I don't know, fifty seven and two or something like that. But, you know, you had you had a really interesting boxing landscape. Just just hear that these people are some of these people are coming back and either fighting in exhibitions or trying to make true comebacks. I mean, that's really
0: interesting to me. Mm. It's uh, it's interesting in the in the pro wrestling world how they're trying to move on to the, create these new stars, but uh, but yeah, the the stars of yesterday still come back and uh still wrestling into. Uh, the, and I suppose it comes down to also the uh, medical advances as well that uh, once it it probably would have been that you couldn't come back, but now you can do that that Rocky Balboa the uh, sixth movie and uh, make that comeback. That that's actually not a bad movie. I like it. I either, uh, yeah, I, I do like that movie. Yeah, when it's shown in the cinema, actually yeah so did i with my brothers yeah. on a on a similar note uh still from the uh, guys at nemo gameo i uh, went down the rabbit hole of cameo the other day and uh, some basketball legends on there what players would you most want to get a personalized message from uh obviously michael jordan would be pretty cool I, i'd kind of like to see mj on there just to see how much he would charge because there is the whole thing that he w- he doesn't do anything for less than 10 million dollars so I, I'd, I'd love to see him on there for 10 million dollars just to see who would actually pay 10 million dollars for a personalized message from mj that'd be pretty funny that's that's like the somebody uh, that's like the yeah, app yeah. You, know, you know somebody put their app on there that's uh on i think on um, on android and possibly uh, uh ios as well was was basically just a picture of a gem for ten thousand dollars it was basically like the rich person's app like you've got so much money you can spend ten thousand dollars and they got a few people to buy it so it's, it's kind of like that you know just the you've got that kind of money that you can actually get that much uh, uh you know I, I came here from uh, mj for uh, 10 million dollars
1: yeah, I think J- J- uh, MJ is an obvious choice. Um, I'd also like to um, get messages from guys like Larry Bird, obviously, um, you know, and some of my childhood favorites, obviously D Brown and, and whatnot. But you know, uh, I think about characters. I-, I think about guys like Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> I think about Kevin Garnett. I think about how funny those messages would be um, getting a message from one of those guys, like they actually write it out, not go through somebody. Um, so I almost find it, find that it might be more entertaining and more special and interesting to get a message from guys like Kevin Garnett and Rashid Wallace, um, and guys who played with this flair, even the guy like Russell Westbrook, um, getting those messages. And I can just imagine Kevin Garnett sending a message with, you know, getting like, all pumped up and i can picture some swears being thrown in there and all of that stuff and it's getting an authentic message from Ke- from kevin from kevin garnett would be amazing
0: what about a like a marv albert like a, a commentator i think that would be special to
1: some people that we like growing up um like mike Critello and whatnot i think that would be cool um i mean are we talking video message or are we talking about te- um like
0: so so you, you've, you've seen Cameo, haven't you? We can get the video, a short video message from Is it a video one for Cameo?
1: Okay, so that's, see, no, actually, when you said Cameo, I wasn't exactly 100% sure what you meant. Um, I don't know if that ages me or not. But, um, no, so video message, uh, yeah, that would be cool um, to hear that and see that. I, I think um, I still, even on video, I still go back to getting the message from, like, one of those personalities like Kevin Garnett would be pretty amazing.
0: Get uh, Jeff Fangoni to, uh, to rant about something for a minute or so on Cameo.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't pay for that.
0: <laughs> uh, lots lots of things you could uh, to do with that, but probably, uh, yeah, I, again, I'd be very interested to see how much Michael Jordan would charge, knowing that he's, uh, hey, I mean, when you, when you when your brand is that strong, you know, what, <laughs> you can name your price. Like Someone will pay it. Someone somewhere it's, will pay it. Yeah, if somebody wants to
1: pay $10 million to do that, I'll take the time to uh, learn how to hack, hack Cameo, and I'll just hack into that personalized message. It won't be personalized to me, but at least I'll get to see him giving it to somebody else. I won't pay $10 million for that. Give oh, me a break.
0: You can watch other people's cameos. They put it up there, and people can share them. Ah, so, uh, oh, okay, gotcha. You can see it. I need to do my
1: research on cameos.
0: To to uh, to put it in perspective, uh, the recently retired Undertaker, of course, the uh, famous pro wrestler, uh, did a limited number of cameos uh, for $1,000 each recently. I, I, believe it was also, I believe he was doing it for charity as well, possibly.
1: Yeah, well, I, one can hope because i hope people aren't that egotistical out there and i know that jordan's uh i mean 10 million dollars is ridiculous a thousand dollars is ridiculous just to talk to somebody on camera but
0: yeah
1: i'm not is, a fan is of this that. a bad Unless time to, is this everything. a bad
0: time to plug out only fans again <laughs> so.
1: right exactly i mean those are only feet pics so I, I think we overcharge anyway but
0: yeah we, we we definitely do that's probably why we don't have those subscribers um <laughs> moving right along <laughs> uh to the uh, last one from exact
1: uh, zero, exactly zero subscribers to that only piece, it's like it's, it's
0: like uh the first american pie where uh, uh jim logs into the, the online dating and just sees zero messages waiting flashing at him it's zero subscribers zero <laughs> subscribers. But, um, great Amer- movie american pie reference i don't think i've done that before on the nlc podcast so there you go uh, uh, that, i love that movie, though. underrated underrated a lot of heart a lot of heart in that movie uh Last one uh, from from uh, Josh and Dave. Uh, if you can create a basketball team from scratch that is not from the NBA, uh, what's your go-to? Monstars, Olympics, uh, high school team? Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon?
1: So is he talking about modding? Or like just getting them in the game? Uh, a, I think, a, I think well, or
0: maybe just in real life, just putting together the Ultimate Fantasy team uh, with no NBA players.
1: Well, I'd probably put in um, a team that my brother Mark and I played on for um men's league so we had a we had a, a men's league team that we put in in elliott maine where um we went undefeated we went seven and zero and won the title and it's still the most fun we've ever had playing basketball um a team that you know the team that we put together we didn't expect to um truly compete we were slightly we were pretty undersized overall i was um second tallest player on the team i six two uh we played really good competition in that league and um you know we started out the final game down like 12 to nothing and we thought it was finished and then we made this roaring comeback and ended up winning the league um we only had six guys um so only one reserve and in order to win the title we had to play back to back games because of scheduling so basically we had to play the semifinals win it and then 5 minutes later play the finals wow um yeah. This was a legit league, you know, scoreboards, refs, uh, there were three refs, um, they kept stats, all of that stuff. Um, So I think if I could put a team, have somebody professionally make a team and put it into a game to use, I would do that. And that's because my brothers and I also play and they'd be able to use the teams and I think they would get a kick out of it. Hmm. Um, So for me, that's, that's probably what I would do. Probably not like the answer you were looking for, but yeah, if I could put one team into a game, I think that would be it.
0: I think creating a team from scratch uh, simply for the fun factor, along those lines, I would probably take the uh, my group of friends from uh, from year six, sixth grade, final year of uh, primary school for high school here in Australia. Uh, we used to play basketball pretty much every day of, uh, of year six in 1996. Um, of course, it was basketball just really exploded again because Michael Jordan was back. You know, the, just the fourth championship, uh, of course. Uh, just we played every day. Uh, you know, great group of guys. Uh, have to uh, catch up with some of them time some of them soon if uh, if i can we're all over the place now i think i might be the only one left in our hometown um but anyway uh, and also the team that i played with um in the in the local league as well i just kind of bring us all together because uh, there was some you know some pretty decent talent on that team um and uh, and just well, just a, a great group of guys to play with basically so i think that would kind of be if i could add my uh, uh the city bulls and also my uh, friends from uh, from primary school in that uh to make a 12-man squad pretty much uh, you know I, I think that would definitely be the uh, the one i would do as far as oh as fiction um you know I, I'd, br- I'd kind of bring all the players together from uh, and this would also be a great idea for a mod or a, or a um, special dlc or something just a whole bunch of fictional characters from basketball movies um oh, i'm draw- drawing a name on his uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name uh but uh Celtic pride um damon waynes his character from in there um, I would bring him in there. Bring in uh, the guys, uh, the characters from uh, from Blue Chips. Bring them in, in, in as well, and just all, all the fictional characters from great basketball movies, and uh, and put them. Well, together that would on a
1: be team. easy for Shaq. That would be easy for Shaq and Penny. You know, Neon Bedo and Butch McRae. At least Shaq and Penny's faces are already
0: in the game. Oh, exactly. So yeah, that's good. So, Some Blue Chips. Yeah. Uh, I, I fictional. Think, fictional. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I think um, one thing we did when we were growing up and you've seen this in variations of video games like Looney Tunes B ball is put like cartoon teams together and whatnot. And and I think that we've always had an interest in that and it would be fun to do a league like that. Like have um like you could have like a like a Looney Tunes team and they can face off against the superhero team. Like you have the superhero team as Superman, Batman, all of that stuff and they're fully you know, we've seen some great mods out there for this, um, but they're, you know, they have great faces and all of that stuff. And they obviously can jump like NBA Jam jump, right? Like they can, they can, they're more athletic. They're, they're super, they're superheroes. Um, so they have that advantage over the Looney Tunes b-ball team. So I guess you could call that authenticity. Um, but you can use all sorts of different like cartoons out there. You could have like a Cartoon Network team and Nickelodeon team, all of that stuff. And I think I've always thought that was just kind of cool like complete fantasy type game obviously the superheroes would have an advantage right but um yeah i think i've always had an interest in doing that but it's really hard to put it together and it's really hard to mod it that way
0: i mean you, so, you we've seen um mortal comet versus dc universe in video game form why, why not nba versus dc you know get the crossover going it's, uh... exactly.
1: right exactly so no i think those are all interesting and i like your idea as well um you know for fictional um i i i the the personal
0: stuff uh,
1: holds you know more value to me like you had stated your you know your team in real life and my team in real life um i i think that would be cooler
0: and and you way. know we i used to create them back in the day actually in a, in a few games there and that was kind of fun as well
1: oh yeah and i think we did that as well we tried to do that with some old teams um in some of the older games obviously um the tech in the games is more advanced so we could make them more accurate which is kind of nice
0: and also by the way uh Lewis Scott is the name of the character of uh Wayne's character, the star for the uh utah jazz in celtic pride which uh which, beca-
1: which be- so long. yeah
0: which became a running joke in the forum because uh Soru hates that movie because the uh spoilers the celtics lose in game seven um so I would often bring that up in uh why <laughs> so why, <laughs> so why did you love that movie well yeah that's a that's a pretty good point but uh, Lewis Scott who was the uh, star' played by Damon Wayne in that uh in that film. So thank you guys for sending that in. Uh, thank you for appearing on the podcast twice this year as well. Uh, yeah, and once again, Basketball Classics is uh, currently on sale on uh, on Steam. Definitely check it out. We love that game. Uh, and yeah, and you know, we'll definitely be reaching out to Josh and Dave in the new year. I'm sure uh, if you guys are keen, we'll, uh, as I said, Derek, we'd love to have them back on.
1: No, it'd be great. Um, I loved the last podcast we did with you guys. Um, it is really cool to get all Too of funner. us get on the mic and reminisce yeah it was two-parter it was a long talk um reminisce about some of the older games and what inspired you guys and and all that stuff i've recently got into um as i had told you unity and i was working on um a, trying to work on a side scroller and learn some programming um and whatnot i don't think i could get around to doing like a like a basketball game or anything like that but i'd like to become pretty solid in unity where i could feasibly put together a game I don't know if it would be good or not, um, but learning programming is tough. Like, it's oh, yeah. really tough, uh, and it takes a lot of time, and I haven't as mu- had as much time as I've wanted to, um, you know, you know, enough time to spend on it lately. Um, but hopefully that's one of my New Year's goals is to get a little bit better in Unity.
0: I mean, we, we mentioned it on the show with Josh and Dave is that a lot, I don't think a lot of people really understand what, what goes into programming, and obviously we have our critiques of, of 2K and Live, but at the same time I think a lot of people think that it must be easier you almost type it into a in the notepad you know make realistic games Sabres, nba 2k xe not quite it's it's a bit more involved with that um as, as we as you can find out if you uh, if you do mess around with the game creators and, and so forth but uh, once again thank you for those questions moving on to the last questions now these all three are from uh, stildo33 at one kidney kenny on the uh, on on twitter uh still of course the uh, all the great mods for uh, 2K19 the retro season mods uh be sure to check out his thread uh, i know he's working hard on the the last few uh, the, the last season to get out there before the servers shut down on the 31st uh download everything while you can uh definitely check out those mods and uh he's just released a new updated pack uh so once again keep an eye on the 2K19 modding section for that but uh, and still has sent us a few questions this year and thank you you know Obviously, for the, everything you do in the in the forum and uh, within the modding section, and for sending in the questions. And on the subject of two K modding, uh, ask a, an a obvious question: uh, What are our favorite two K mods?
1: Yeah, great work on the two K nineteen mod. Mm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next update, and I got to convert a couple more faces for you. Sorry, I've been a little bit lazy on that; it just had a lot going on. Um, but the roster is shaping up really well, and you guys do a great job all of you involved um Stildo Peace Man Not Hornets on Fire Lady Culture Kelvin Chan um all of you guys you guys do you guys are great uh, sticky fingers all of you guys do such a great job and there's so much passion to that project um favorite mods so i would say URB and UBR are still i think my favorites overall and the reason is um is because i'm a big fan of roster mods and i'm a big fan of history and the fact that the bones are there for all of those teams are a big deal for me so if i want to just go back and play like an 82 83 you know season or go back and play just a game from the 82 83 roster i can use the clippers with terry cummings tom chambers um etc and the and bill walton and i can have the correct jerseys right and i can have the correct courts and i can have the players names and all of that stuff on there and i think that those rosters are as popular as they are is because of the amount of content they give you and the fact that the the experience of the ground floor is something that you can jump into and just enjoy pretty much right away so um i would say that my favorite mods uh and those are also the mods that got me back into pc gaming um back in like 2013 2014 um i'd say outside of that and by the way i'm not i'm not saying this because i made the mod like i was that i was part of the mod but i would say my 2k17 rosters just because that's the game we've spent thousands of hours playing and modding um i'm very proud of my Ultimate Classic Teams roster um, and then the two other rosters I created which I need to update Um, but we just get so much play out of that we play it every single weekend Um, we play it during the week Um, it's been a staple of our lives over the last four years so um, my I would say my 2k17 rosters are right up there um, as far as how much we play them and whatnot otherwise it's really hard to rank them if you're talking about things outside of roster mods because so much adds to the experience like scoreboards and net mods, like Mau Mau's net mods, the Luia's scoreboards, x scoreboards scoreboards, um, the, you know, sticky fingers courts, uh, you know, the globals, the, you know, cams global, Lagoa's global um, for 2K14, um, SJ's globals, all of that stuff, uh, Mr. Star's faces and, and all the faces that are made. So it's hard to say. It, it, I'd rather let's talk roster mods because everything adds to the experience. I'd say, um, yeah, I'd say other single season mods um, that are out there that are some of my favorites. NBA 2K11's 9192 mod is unbelievably detailed, especially because they were missing so many assets. And you go in there and the faces look great and the signatures are great. and It plays great. Um, so I would say that 9192 mod for NBA 2K11. Uh, the 9697 mod in three mods for NBA 2K10 are absolutely fantastic. Um, they're very complete. The art is great. The faces are great. They didn't even have the resources or the tools we had today, and they just did an amazing job. So those stand out. Uh, New York Kids 90s mod that just came out for NBA 2K14 is simply fantastic. The presentation, the detail, the shoes, the courts, the jerseys, all of that stuff is unbelievable. Um, The, uh, boy. Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, there's, I'm trying to think of, obviously, the UBR for 2K12 is a big deal the urb for 2k13 um yeah just so many so many good roster mods out
0: there i, I think obviously ubr and urb have been so influential and uh, and big to have, the, to have those current rosters as well as the as all the retro rosters um i've you know had, had them installed at, at different points to uh and they've been useful for articles to to demonstrate things from articles or just to play with obviously it's, it's been very cool you know all, all the people have made them uh, them possible uh you know I, I will share your roster you know i i have i've been spending a lot of time on console i've always bought the pc version to double dip and potentially use mods but because i've been playing so much online on ps4 the last generation uh, I haven't used as many as I would possibly uh, probably like. Uh, although I've been sure to download them, haven't always installed them. Uh, I was very impressed, you know. And, and shout to you once again for what you did with uh, UCTR as well, uh, because you know it, it's you put in so much effort on getting all the teams right. Um, you, you mentioned obviously New York Kids uh, mod. Uh, De Crispy has made the. Uh, the the college mod the ncaa basketball mod with the fictional players i think that's a you know a lot of college mods do make it with with uh with the real players at the time but they get very outdated very quickly uh even more so than the nba current rosters in some some ways uh and, and of course you know you, how many seasons can you play realistically with them because you and you and trying to simulate that experience but he's uh put, putting in the fictional players it, it not just it adds all the all the real team all the real team art but fictional players so it's almost like the NCAA basketball and college troops games. I think that's a really cool concept that Crispy has done. Um, Going back, obviously, the 2K11 roster is very impressive. I hope to be able to get similar quality with some of the projects that I want to work on, including the current roster for 2K11. But but a mod I want to make mention of, which came to mind when I saw this question, was one that Leftos did, and it was one that actually got 2K's attention. It was one of the reasons that I think they were so keen to bring him on board, that, that and his ideas for... Uh, for association, which then of course became my gym and my league, all those ideas. But I don't know if you remember, but Leftos made that mod that replicated in 2K12 or 13, I believe, possibly 12, 2K12. 12, that if you had the Xbox, if you had the connect set up on Xbox, and you swore, and the microphone picked it up, you would be assigned a technical. A bench, the, the, the bench would be assigned a technical, like like you know, for um unsportsmanlike yeah, conduct.
1: I hated that when that happened. I actually lost a game because of that oh, wow. thing, but uh, I didn't realize it was a thing. Yeah.
0: But it but it was a thing, and so Leftos found a way to to mod that into the PC version because it wasn't in the PC version. But he found a way to get speech recognition if you had a mic set up that you could actually swear and it would give give sign you a te- assess you a technical in the game. So that was a very creative mod that he did, and that's kind that's thinking outside the box. We don't necessarily see mods like that. I mean, I, again, talking about some fantastic mods here. But it's it's one thing to I think to to reskin the game and create new experiences, and I don't want to downplay that because you know those are the kinds of mods I've made, the kinds of mods I've used. They're fantastic, but that's a very creative mod that Leftos made, and, and you know it, it it speaks volumes that they were uh, so impressed by that when they brought him on board. The idea that he was able to create something new like that, and obviously it's like this is the kind of person we want working on the game. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool that he did that. that. he that he found a way to mod that capability or find a workaround. Um, to To make that to make it happen in the game basically yeah
1: i want to say this um that reminds me of how impressed i was when i saw the animation mods that were made for 2k14 which altered the animations and added new like signature animations yeah like they have um like they'll have like harden stirring the pot which he doesn't do i don't believe in the original game um they have like steph curry's um pointing up um they have like different types, of, they changed the dribbling, all of that stuff, that means somebody went in and added all new programming to these animations and moved them around, and um, we use some of those animation mods sometimes. Um, they made it so, you know how like they do the the forced uh, shot from right inside half court in yep. NBA 2K14? Well, they made it so the game just does a regular shot so you can use Curry the right way, where you can just step in in front of half court and he keeps his form as opposed to chucking it up towards the rim and those those mods fascinate me and in my opinion like you said it's always those mods where they step outside the box and do something completely different which blows my mind and and, and that's a great example
0: that reminds uh, me of when uh just actually found that the animation files for ncaa basketball march madness on uh, on PS2 were compatible with the PC versions of Live and actually took some animations out of March Madness and put them in the PC version of Live. Not all right. of them right, see, it, Yeah,
1: it's stuff like that. It's like like, like NBA 2K14 didn't have Rick Barry's underthrow, but they had NBA. They had the underthrow, um, free throw, the you know, the diaper shot. They had it in like 2K12. So they they found a way to move that animation to 2K14. So now you have Rick Barry's underthrow. See, I think that's just that's super cool um stuff like that, that's I wanted... great
0: you know i mean that's great for that reason uh, mods like urb ubr uh, ultimate classic teams roster that really expand the rosters expand the rosters and create new experiences or update the rosters uh, they're great as well uh, i also like minimalist modding I mean, i've talked about it a few times but just the things that that just tweak the game in a little way or, or reuse assets that are in the game to to you know to create a, an arcade experience or something make it like a jam style roster things that that don't necessarily need a whole lot of new assets but they can still create a new experience out of just what's in the game already uh actually one that does use assets uh a big hort brendan uh made um what was it he's on fire mod the nba jam mod for for 2k14 and and did things like the the mavericks have their trash bag jerseys and like this is this like all all in you know as their jerseys instead of their regular um current jerseys at the time and all teams just had these uh, interesting ideas for for their jerseys that really made this whole arcade experience the ratings were all boosted so it was uh working much more in an arcade fashion uh th- things like that i think that was another great mod for 2k14
1: yeah and you talked about also revamping nba 2k10 slightly like minimalist um mods like add like just like really small
0: things like oh, live, well, uh, that live 08 roster i found yeah yeah
1: yeah and the live eight thing right exactly um i also want to bring up these i didn't bring this up during rosters um even though i gave them a huge shout out at the beginning those nba 2k 19 rosters the single season ones have so much heart and passion put into them that i recommend it for every single person who plays that game agree um those people i'm part of the discord chat for them um which we talk about the roster um and it's just constant dialogue about hey are these shoes accurate hey this is what they wore let's make their shoes accurate let's make their jerseys accurate hey is this court accurate are the faces good hey does this is this a better version of this year specific you know for this player year specific um for their face and it's just constant work hey do these ratings look right hey are their sim stats coming out right um hey how do they play on the floor hey what sliders are you using it's just constant dialogue Um, it's constant trying to make the rosters as accurate as possible it has an amazing touch-ups to all of the menus much like new york kids where um, they changed uh, the players that show up in the selection screens for all the different modes and all of that stuff so they changed a ton of the front end art Um, the soundtrack you get into the game and you get this whole 80s 90s vibe this retro vibe it's just it's a whole it's a whole experience it's like a whole new game and they deserve tons of props for that
0: i, I love that attention to detail that, that being said I, i'm still throwing out my suggestion for the uh, the super dunk shot version of the 92 roster with all the uh, michael jordan and everything i think else. it would be
1: fun to, i think it would be fun to look at um like you said like you know the whole de Crispy thing where he's doing like you know what we saw in coach k college basketball some of those old games where it's like a it's like fictional but it's 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 loosely based on reality yeah um but not those are just cool like i love i love stuff like that i have nostalgia for games like that
0: absolutely next question from Stildo, uh if you could see two nba players past or present fight what would you want to see who would you want to see and who would win um i gave some a few, a few examples um yeah uh, and of, of course the, this can't happen on the virtual hardwood because the nba is not uh, not too thrilled about it people have kind of stopped asking for fights i think because we've stopped seeing them really in the uh, the nba too much but uh any, any players you want to see uh Come uh, to blows Well it's funny is um, There was so much like squabbles
1: And fights back when we watched basketball It's hard to say when that hadn't happened um, uh, Like I couldn't say Charles Sparkley and Shaq because they did get into it yeah. um, If you're talking about <laughs> fighting on the basketball Like if you're talking about like fighting on a basketball Court um, I mean you could Think of stuff like Xavier McDaniel the X-Man Versus Maurice Lucas I mean those two were tough SOBs Um them getting into it would be something else um i mean if we're talking about from the same era that obviously probably couldn't happen even though i think they crossed paths for a couple years that's a really tough question because i mean you don't want to see guys like throw blows um Mm. but obviously larry Bird and michael jordan were like ultimate competitors it'd be interesting if they ever got into a scuffle i don't remember if they ever did um Magic and Larry were friends off the court, but obviously intense competitors on the court. I don't remember them actually ever getting into a scuffle on the court, so it would have been interesting to see them go at each other. Julius Erving and Larry Bird obviously did, and they even choked each other in a preseason game. Mm. And they had many other run-ins where, um, I don't know if you ever saw this clip I'm talking to Stildo, Josh, and Dave, whoever's listening, um, where Charles Barkley and Moses Malone hold Larry Bird down, and Julius Erving gets free shots and punches larry bird over and over and over again it's one of the most wild fights i've ever seen
0: wow i'm on youtube I, i haven't seen that one no
1: yeah it's unbelievable literally um larry and dr j get into it and um what happens is a following which i think this is bush league but um barkley and moses hold larry bird like in a like a chokehold, like hold him that da- like hold him while standing up and irving is just like standing there throwing punches and hitting bird right in the face uh um, bit dirty it's yeah still a- <laughs> the best I've ever seen um so would I like to see that happen to any other nba player uh probably not but uh yeah that's a that's a tough question to answer
0: yeah I, I don't know I i I've, you know kendall kendall gill versus uh run our test Metal a world piece you know Mediball,
1: was tough
0: metal piece uh you know threw a few dirty elbows and whatnot uh, however how he stuck up against a uh, uh i mean kind Gill became a bit of an accomplished boxer did he not
1: yeah he did yeah he was ended up being like an actual um good legit boxer i think one of his fights is on youtube hmm. actually um yeah i'd love to see you know yeah i think that's a good point too is you know whether you think of somebody's like a fake tough guy like, like, if a lot of people think that Kevin Garnett was a fake tough guy. In fact, Kevin, Kenyon Martin recently said that Kevin Garnett was a puppy dog, like a fake tough guy. Like, I think he said he was like a puppy dog in reality, but barked like a Doberman or something yeah. like that. Um, seeing somebody like him, like, square up with, like, a real tough guy like Maurice Lucas.
0: Charles Oakley. Uh, Xavier
1: McGanniel or Charles Oakley. Right, exactly. Like, somebody like that. Um, that would be interesting because it's always good to see the bully get taken down, right? Mm. So that would be interesting
0: i think that'd be my answer yeah and the the final question from stildo this week and thank you once again to everybody for the questions and these uh, three from uh, stildo uh, once again check out the 2k19 rosters in the modding section and uh, be sure to grab those before the servers go down and complete any other business of course but uh what would elevate nba 2k to the next level obviously fixing gameplay issues but uh, a feature like a, a you know a, a quite uh apt uh, like a, a full retro season mode or something like that what what would what would take it to the next level apart from just simply improving gameplay which is which is a given
1: why don't you kick that one off i gotta think about this for a second um i forgot about that question um
0: sure um yeah, i mean what do you think? i mean obviously i agree with that suggestion of a retro season if, if they could ever license enough players to uh to do that uh, i i also think simply simply being as comprehensive as they could with the retro teams they have at the moment. If they could fill those or at least get 12-man rosters for every single retro team in the game, if they could get all the big names that are missing, like you, Rasheed Wallace, Charles Barkley, uh, Reggie Miller, to name just some of the obvious ones off the top of my head. Uh, if if they could do that, if they could add some more retro teams and make them full uh, and also, make them accurate across the board, if they could just put in all that detail of secure likeness rights and getting that uh, attention to detail, I think that would be huge and if you could get enough to make a retro season mode, I think that would be uh, i think that would be huge. One thing I think you know and I kind of touched on it earlier is that even our favorite games have it's hard to mention a game that I think is great that still doesn't have one issue or one thing missing. Like Live 2005, for example, has, and, and of course modding fixes this, but it brought in the All-Star Weekend, and, and but we lost, lost Michael Jordan because he was no longer licensed. So you got the Dung Contest finally, but you, until we modded him in, couldn't do MJ versus Nick, who Nick was in among the legends that year, you couldn't do that in the Dung Contest. So there's always been a game that that's missing some content, or they've, they've dropped a mode like Live 10 being very solid across the board, but All-Star Weekend has gone... So I I think I would love to, what would take 2K to the next level would be the most complete game possible. That's bringing back features, press book, dunk contest, three point shootout as exhibition modes, uh, and things that have been in the game before. Things that have been in NBA Live that 2K hasn't done. That would be great uh, great ideas. Just basically getting this fully featured game, everything that you can think of that's there. Maybe you have to update it for the the current uh, climate, the current approach to games. We we talked about how the press book could be adapted. The, the current system, the current, the current games by, having, uh, by using it to display not, not just games in the NBA not just highlights and uh, uh, screenshots, photos in, uh, in, the, in the NBA side of things but also use it to be able to give people highlight clips and thumbnails and everything for online play you can update ideas but bringing back all those ideas and just all the cool things that we've seen in previous games plus some cool ideas that are yet to be done and just have that nothing is left out nothing is kind of watered down all the modes are there the features it's just fully all the full content and all the stuff that we loved pretty much from the history of basketball gaming or sim basketball gaming anyway in that one game uh and the only other thing that i can think of would be to have kind of like a world league basketball to bring in FIBA, to bring in olympics to make nba kind of this whole global basketball game like it's got multiple leagues kind of like a fifa situation and and have all the different rules and systems like that just expand the NBA 2K beyond the NBA. Um, that might be a bit ambitious, but if you could have that, again, that well-rounded product, which it already is, but that it brings back all those great modes, uh, You know, how do you compete with that? That would take 2K to the next level. It's got all the great stuff that it has currently fixed up with gameplay and modes and whatnot, but also all that great stuff that we've lost over the years is suddenly back in the game, uh, and it's, it's everything you could ever want out of a basketball game maybe it's not perfect every game has issues but it's the content wise the feature wise and attention to detail wise it's just all there that you know that's that's next level stuff
1: i agree with a lot of that um i'm going to say three things uh one bring that my league customization into outside of my league allow Mm. people to create their jerseys That's the next level, in my opinion. Um, So that's actually four things. Allow people to create their jerseys. Allow people to create courts. Allow them to add teams. Allow them to do all of that customization on console, um, as well as the PC version, and watch how many rosters get made. Allow those rosters to be shared. Allow those team designs to be shared in um outside of my league so somebody can throw teams on 2k share and rosters on 2k share that are complete that can be used in exhibition and play now and be brought into my league after they've already been created offline Um, outside of that uh the next level is also cross-platform sharing and um, Mm. that includes pc um so in being able to share those rosters across xbox series x and PlayStation 5, but also being able to bring in those mods, possibly like they did with AO International Tennis, um, maybe some of those Cyberface mods can be shared. Um, It's been proven that it can happen. Like you can do it in other games, um, in other sports games, so why not do it with 2K? I think that would be next-level stuff where somebody could upload a player uh, where they created a mod on PC and somebody could download it on PS5 and Xbox Series X. So I think that's definitely another step up. Um, and then obviously all of those um, creations that I was talking about could be shared cross flat, cross platform as well. Um, outside of that, um, definitely think that gameplay needs to be more well rounded, less canned and more fun. Um, less being sucked in, less slow motion side by sides like Namo Gamo, Josh and David talked about you know more control, not the game deciding what you do, but you deciding what t- what happens on the floor. Um, I think gameplay needs to be more well rounded and more fun which will equal better reviews and better Metacritic scores and better Steam reviews, um, and better Steam reviews as well. So I think that um, also, to go back to what you said, roster accuracy is just so important, um, and it's not even as much as having all of those names in there, it's about making the depth real depth like proper like making them play right and actually putting in the attention to detail into those rosters and a lot of people out there will do it for free and I think that will be next level because those teams will play right and they'll be 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 promoted more so I think that those are probably the um the items that I would say and you know you talked about bringing in FIBA and you talked about bringing in you know more leagues and all of that stuff if they bring in that custom creator um option where you can do that outside of my league I think you would see a lot of people doing that
0: oh definitely i mean this also comes down to the nba allowing it because the nba has uh, is very strict about the content they allow in games including customization oh yeah
1: 100 percent. and i think that's why partly why it's not in there right now um and you know i also want i think they want people into those other modes too and they want people playing my team for obvious reasons and whatnot same with live wanting to play ultimate team
0: and, and you know i i forgot about cross-platform cross-platform is a big one for sharing and uh, and even for online play as well i mean that, that does get into with the with the pc version having the modded uh, people who are hacking and everything that, that is a problem but you know it, that, that would also require if it was cross-platform play as well as sharing that would obviously require uh, more security measures and anti cheat measures naturally something that also came to mind uh as um as as you mentioned uh some of those ideas as well and 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 bringing things out of uh the uh just just giving us more control and 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 really being fair to customers and gamers is to have some kind of year-to-year progression that you don't have to go back to zero with your or 60 overall with your my player every year that you can get a head start that you can bring VC over that you can bring ratings over bring some progress over that you can bring a few of your favorite cards from my team across that that, that you're not starting from absolute scratch absolute zero every single year I mean this is something that just, just again you put it out there as a pipe dream because it just seems too good to be true I mean they obviously did that with my team this year because you kind of have to with cross generation it'll it remains to be seen what they do moving forward with that both how how long they do that cross generation how long of course they do the prior gen or current gen whatever but if they could somehow if they were fairer about that if they let us take some progression over from year to year and be or we even be able to have our the same character the same my player go into a new new career mode. maybe he gets dropped down to back like a 75 overall or something you've got to build him up again get some gets more badges or whatever but if some progress carries over or that if you can do like a can the story continues mode where you can bring that character across and then like play a year two or a three versus is no longer a rookie that you can play the second or third year or whatever in that game you know the story continues that would be huge if, if there's some kind of connection between the games or if your reputation if you're my rep and you're uh, the level you, you reached in the online play if that carries over it shows your record from last year so people can say oh well he's hasn't played any this person hasn't played any games yet online but i can see they're an experienced player from years past i'm not going to avoid them because clearly clearly they're not a noob they, they haven't played <laughs> much this year online but they last year they played 500 games and, and played really well so I, I won't dodge them in the playground or whatever some kind of year-to-year progression uh, i think would be amazing and and something that i think would would so much goodwill in that
1: Basically reward people For all the time they're spending Loyalty on the bonus,
0: returning gamer bonus yeah.
1: game. like, give us, I mean they do this with companies like AT&T and Verizon right They give yep. you loyalty and they give you discounts And all of that stuff, I mean they're still outrageously Expensive but they do that with cable as well And whatnot. Um, give people Loyalty bonuses, give people Credit um, for all the time They spent on your game and all the money They spent on your game on the prior ge- titles so however you want to do that we're not saying make us 85 overall or carry it all over right yeah. we're not saying let's start us out at 90 overall and i don't even play those modes but i get it um i think that would be a big step in um gaining good graces uh, getting 2k and people's good graces again um people have maybe soured on the series and whatnot and i think it would make people stick with the series more so yeah no i agree with you
0: and of course as we always say the the thing that really needs to come on this next generation, especially with this this high tech we've got, that we've got the fast loading times now. Late, visual, choice yeah. physics, absolutely choice physics. You knew what I was coming for.
1: Yeah. I knew you were going to go there because you've been asking for it. In stamp. Maybe that's why the the industry like doesn't want to talk to you. They're like, listen, we can't. You you think the text that you know the technology is so great, but we can't do it. Stop asking for it. You know but, what I mean? Maybe that's maybe why the,
0: maybe the NBA is against it. Maybe the NBA has something against it. You know. Yeah, maybe there's something we don't know about shoelaces
1: that they they maybe they're not fully licensed. I have no idea.
0: Well, you know, if, if you go back to the uh, Justice League Unlimited uh, uh, animated series from the uh, early 2000s, uh, the question said that the aglets, the which are the tips of uh, shoelaces, their true purpose is sinister. So, who knows?
1: That might be why. That is the question. So I think maybe maybe we need to back off. But I understand your passion for it i i, I, get I mean can, I, you, I, can you can you think
0: good. of something more relevant to virtual basketball than shoelace physics
1: i, I can't well I thought, it was, I thought it was nash licking his fingers while he was bringing up the ball but i might be wrong i thought it was more relevant but i don't maybe it isn't so.
0: yeah yeah i, I mean obviously because he's in the, in the legend content they just don't care anymore so
1: <laughs> right. right exactly
0: but uh all jokes aside i you know those are the things that could really take it to the next level and and we've talked about this before is that people say what else can you do uh apart from gameplay tweaks and maybe some better lighting or textures here or there but there's so much they could do as far as bringing back features or or revamping or expanding features that uh you know there's so so much depth to 2k and there has been for so long now but there's still things they could do they don't have all-star weekend uh they don't have a lot of those customization features outside of my league uh so even even that even before you're adding uh cross generation and cross game to game progression or uh, leagues from around the world things there's there's so much you can do even before you get into the really crazy stuff that would uh, really still expand the game a lot
1: no i agree i mean it's they haven't even exhausted close to all of their options and we've talked about it so many times before there's so many different things they can do and that's why i think that a competitor can still come into the play, uh, into the space and blow people away because there's still so many things that they can do that 2k has not done yet or they could do it better
0: that's right, EA. Eh? What's live doing about shoelace physics, eh? Yeah, think about that. Yeah, I mean, last yeah, Scott, I hope you're listening. You better, that's that's, that's going to be, that's gonna be in the new year. It's just going to be like a, a close-up of a shoelace on the uh, NBA Live Twitter, and uh, right, we're back. And I'll get yeah. very excited about it. But um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that does it for the uh, for the mailbag and this week's uh, this week's podcast. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been sending in questions since we started the mailbag uh, segment up again. But uh, getting so many of them, we wanted to have have a big blowout to finish the year for the uh, last episode of uh, 2020. It's been a a crazy year and a, a tough year in so many respects. But we uh, we thank you for sending the questions and and taking an interest in our our podcast. We you know we we love getting together to talk about basketball gaming every week and uh, do our features and the modding and everything else we do here at the NLSC. But uh, but yeah, Derek, having having these questions and being able to talk uh, about things people want to hear and, and uh, consider these interesting questions and everything and, and kind of have to think about it, our rankings and uh, and, and think about ideas for, for future games and uh, even some of the off-the-wall uh, mailbag questions which we kept for this week uh, just for that purpose. Uh, it's It's been great to do. And I, I'm glad you suggested bringing the mailbag session back, uh, section back because uh, I know it's been so successful and uh, enjoyable to do on Holding Court. And uh, to bring it here to the virtual hardwood too has been uh, has been a joy.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, definitely keep the questions coming i know that they're not even close to exhausted just like the features that could be added to me 2k and whatnot in basketball games i think that um there's plenty of stuff to talk about you know when you ask these questions or if you're thinking of a question to ask for the show that you want us to touch on don't just think about the new games think about the history of games you know think about questions related to some of the classic basketball games that you've played um and you know as you've noticed we're not against touching on other subjects as well related to gaming you know as basketball gaming compares to other genres and and whatnot and vice versa so no keep the questions
0: coming we love it and of course use the hashtag laces out to talk about things you want to see in the uh, game there you go an Ace Ventura reference before the year is over Derek
1: yes yeah, uh Finkel or Einhorn yeah. Einhorn or Finkel
0: Finkel is Einhorn it's just <laughs> <laughs> But yes, send in those questions via our Twitter, via our Facebook, the forum, the uh, comment section on the main page, Instagram, wherever you can hit us up. Uh, We'll always keep putting out the reminders every week, but even before we put the reminders up, give us feedback on the shows, let us know. Um, Yeah, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. Uh, I'm sure you know how to listen to the show by this point, but uh, of course, do the plugs every week. The show comes out uh, every Sunday on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com. It's also on all your favorite podcasting apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and uh, pretty, yeah, pretty much every other one, I believe. If there's one that it's not on that uh, you like to listen to, let me know and I'll get it on there ASAP. But uh, once again, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show each and every week, that is the main thing. And one more time, Derek, before we wrap up for the year, where can we find you? And uh, anything else you want to plug or shout out before we uh, call the show?
1: No, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter at d for three eighty four on the NLSC, d for three on YouTube, d for three as well. I host holding court with d for three. So tune into that. Um, and otherwise, uh, you can see me around the NLSC modding and whatnot. And definitely try to join into the discussion on Twitter. That's where I'm at my my most active platform at d for three eighty four. Always talking basketball. Always talking basketball video games as well
0: and of course we welcome you once again to the uh the team just before the year uh wrapped up uh, officially bringing you on board and uh yeah once again happy to have you uh on the team to help uh, create content uh moderating the forum you have already been a great help with that and of course the uh, nlc podcast uh thank you for joining me as my co-host for another year it's so uh, it's been great to uh to get to know you to know you on a personal level as well and to uh to build a friendship and a rapport as uh digital broadcasters uh i really do appreciate it and uh look forward to uh years more of a friendship and of course uh, talking basketball games with you
1: likewise um i mean it's pretty it's pretty awesome that we're you know roughly the same age and we grew up with a lot of the same games it's crazy actually it's <laughs> all of that it, it's it's wild i mean we're only separated by a couple of weeks age and we grew up with a lot of the same experiences and have a lot of appreciation for the same things as well so no it's been great and i love doing this show and josh and dave no pressure but you know I'm waiting for that patch where I'm included on the NLSC basketball team. So, um, you know, you can make me a 99 on three point if you want, or whatever your rating scale chooses. That's perfectly fine by me. Um, and, and, but, and where's your, where's, kidding, where's your you sure physics? That, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and where's my shoelace lace physics and basketball classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's been great. And I love being part of the NLC. They've always been a home away from home for me. And I love doing this podcast. And we've talked now for Christ, you know, over a hundred hours. Yeah, basketball gaming and um, because we've done over 50 episodes and most to run around two hours so it doesn't get old and I hope people really enjoy the show and I hope people see the passion that we have um, you know on this topic
0: I think it comes through and I'm uh, very proud of the shows that we do and uh, so grateful to our our listeners and uh, before it gets too mushy I will uh, throw out my uh, various places you can find my, me and the NLSC I of course am on Twitter at AndrewNLSC in the forum once again as Andrew if you need to hit me up for anything or Talk to me about whatever. Uh, On Facebook and Twitter, the NLSC is uh, at the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. YouTube is MBI Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, MBLive.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week's show, and indeed the year 2020. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe. Have a happy new year. We will see you in 2021. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone!